Well, I mean, somehow I drunkenly uh, crashed, door. <laughs> crashed through my own back door. So, and that is not a euphemism for anything. <laughs> you uh, drunkenly fisted yourself. How could you do that? No. I think the angle of that is too, like... You, you got to go the front way. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes a little bit more sense. But like that. I don't like that. Ugh. Oh, I don't like the imagery of it. Why, why did you think about it? It's <laughs> <laughs> like somebody elbow deep. Hey, you're going to break something. <laughs> you, you, Both of them are going to break something. Imagine breaking a nail. Who? I'm saying one person's doing it to themselves. Oh. You're like dislocate a shoulder and break The one watching. <laughs> My breaking they nail. Break their fucking leg trying to go call the police. Oh, shit. What is this? This man is crawling into himself. himself. And he, we need an exorcist. <laughs> he is fully possessed by the demon. The the absolute demon. He's oh, possessed gosh. by the spirit. What spirit? Share. Like gin, uh, liquor. What? What have you? What have you? Um, my Full friend. circle because we came back. We said that you that that's how you get through a door like that when you're drunk. Yeah. And then you fisted yourself when you were drunk that yeah. one time. I exercised myself. Wait, no, I didn't do that. Don't start rumors. What? What? With you trying to start rumors this podcast? I. This is the first rumor. I. No, it's not a rumor. It's true. <laughs> the first rumor. <laughs> it's true. I didn't start no rumors. <laughs> um, I'm trying to respond to this. Um, okay, I'll just I already started recording. Oh, sorry. Because <laughs> I wanted people to hear that one joke that no. we just told. It was funny. Oh shit, that's fresh. Nice crisp white claw to really nice take warm the edge claw. off. Mm. Oh, I tried to. I just <gasps> on the, the bubbles. Um, I tried the um, the citrus uh, smash or whatever the the citrus yuzu. Yeah, it's good. I knew it would be. It's very good. I like it better than the watermelon lime, but the watermelon lime is also very delicious. Uh, I don't really remember the other two. I I'll might have something. no, no. I tasted them. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I do not remember them <laughs> for other reasons. How did you not drown? Where in the, the river? river? No river. Um, it's not deep, but like well, there, no, 60% no, of it. Yeah, yeah, that's valid. Yeah, 60% not deep. Uh, the rest of it, uh, deep. Like, taller than Nick's head. Like He tried to touch the bottom? Um, Tried to, or he did. Okay. What, did he drown? No, he did Is not he okay? drown. No, no everyone's Who fine. Drowned? No one died. Nobody died. He definitely fell down, and I thought he hit his head, and I thought he was going to die. And he wouldn't. He was drunk, and also being like, nothing happened, nothing happened. And I'm like, Nicholas, I swear to God, if you hit your fucking head, tell him if you hit your fucking head. Because he, like, first, he bought a tube, and he's like, oh, I, I have my own tube, so I don't have to, like, pay for rental of a tube. Which, tube rental is, like, $7 more, exactly. Which, I think he paid $6 for his tube. Well, his tube was thin-ass plastic, and it popped halfway down the river. So then the man did not have something to float in, and so then there's like, different areas where it was, like, rapids, where it was, like, this deep, and it was, like, and I do air quotes of rapids. Not rapids, just faster-moving water. Um, not advised you walk on that. And he did. 
Um, and so he slipped and fell. And mm. like I saw, I watched it happen because I was further down. I had already like passed in my tube and I saw him fall and like literally all his back was all just like scraped up and shit. Uh, and he was like, no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. And I'm like, I swear to God, if you don't sit down right now, let me put on Neosporin. I'm going to slit your th- throat. <laughs> and he let me. <laughs> That's aggressive. I know. I was the the uh, camp mom for half of the river oh trip. Oh, my God. Just the first half. Who second half. the second half? No uh, one. Because no <laughs> <laughs> everyone's kind of mad we at each other. And I was like... Friends. Uh, okay, this is fun. <laughs> Why did everyone get mad? What's uh, the tea? It's just, there's no no tea really. Just one of them being uh, kind of feisty. Uh, it was you. No, it wasn't. I was very chill the entire weekend, actually, if you can believe it. Because I just quit my job, so I was just like, <laughs> I'm just gonna get drunk over here. You guys stayed there? Yeah. You camped? Yeah. You no, we did not a, camp uh, this uh, time. Hotel. We went to a Airbnb. It was oh, quite air bed and breakfast. Yes, it was a quite large situation. Um, and you all slept in the front hall once you got back from the We river. all slept together, uh-huh, uh, in like a weird sexual way. Um, no, in like an Amish way. <laughs> Lots of beds in one room. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, more of that. Um, yeah, so that that was a, a fun situation. The Airbnb was not far out of San Marcos. San Marcos is a very small city. Do you Did you know that? It's quite small. There. Oh, okay. Once you get outside the university, there's nothing there. Uh, there's so, a university? <laughs> yes, Texas State. I've never been there. Oh. Um, and so we, I think, went like three miles from I-35. And we were out in the middle of nowhere, had no signal. <laughs> so pretty safe, you know? Uh, yeah. It could be a stranger situation. I was kind of afraid of it. You should watch the movie. At the, no, at the very... You made me watch it. At the no, very... at that place. No, absolutely not. I would have shit my pants. Home invasion. Yeah. Home and there's invasion. nowhere I could have gone. You could dig a hole in the ground. Hmm. No, it was up in the hill country-ish. So definitely like limestone and rock. So digging would have been fruitless. That What'd you call been... me? <laughs> Do you remember the the meme of the woman with the blender and she's like looking at the blender? She says, see you in hell, fruit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's corporations after Pride Month. Yeah. I know it's a used joke, but I will absolutely steal it for this podcast to make because people they're laugh. Doing it. They're, they're doing it. They're still doing it. And um, H E B is putting out Pride merch with nothing on it with their name. Straight. That is true. So it, they just bought shit and they were like, oh, we could get them from these. Here, we can get these fruits. cigarettes. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Walmart Pride. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Walmart (laughs) is very pro-gay. My friends from down in Galveston, mostly straight, have recently discovered the uh, homophobic dog meme, which I'm in love with, as you know. Um, And they just are tickled with it. Speaking of which. Oh, gosh. What you've been laughing about. What you've been... Is that our new segment? What you've been laughing about? Well, we've got what you've been laughing about and what you've been thinking about. Okay. Well, I posted a whole slew of memes, gay memes, on the the Instagram stories recently, and I laughed at all of them. I got a lot of reactions from it. Lots of likes. Lots of likes, lots of laugh reactions, some clapping emojis. Oh, clapping emojis. Mm Mm-hmm. No prayer hands. Prayer hands. Who? Prayer hands. No, no, because Instagram only has a set number that you can do. Mm. There's like the the wow. There's the heart. There's the wow. The there's angry. the angry, the laugh, the cry, the and thumbs love. up and thumbs down. I said the heart. Oh, no, it's called love. Sure. Okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> I got PTSD. 
Pussy, that's so delicious. <laughs> I had my mind was going I'm like peas that smell dank. Pussy, that's so delicious. <laughs> the best part is it's posted by a gentleman. Okay. That's the tweet. So that implies other things. Yes. Um, attention, everyone named Steven slash Steven. It's either PH or V. You can choose, but it can only be one. You have five days. <laughs> All Stevens go. Uh, there's an afternoon class that often there are three Stevens in it, and they all spell it differently. Okay, I know two. Oh, sorry. What did I say? <laughs> you said they all spell it differently. No, th- there's, yes, between the two spellings. They, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one, and his name is spelled <laughs> S-T- F-P-H. It actually started with a P. P-S-T. <laughs> yeah. S-Z-T. No, that was really stupid of me. <laughs> Why is it always Steven that we go to? Steven. <laughs> Call back. I want it Steven, but I want it S-T-E-F-U-N. Stephen. Stephen. Actually, that would is S T E F A N. There is a, a Stephen. Stephen. Yeah, Stefan, If you if you're nasty, um, that also goes to the gym. I don't think I've ever been in the same class together. I want it Stephen, but S T E P H A N E. Um. Okay. What have you figured out what to say to them yet? Are you calling them friend, dude, bro? Uh, no, I have not figured that out. I did coach my first warm-up uh, this week. That was um, nerve-wracking. And they were like, for pride. Yeah, for, we're going to let the gay do Here's it. the gay. And you were like... They did let me choose the music on, uh, on, on June 1st. I chose the par- Pride Party mix. One of the Pride Party mixes on the, the radio that we use is very bad. It starts with Skrillex. I mean, they're them? Who? They're a lesbian? Skrillex? Skrill- I don't know. Skrillex is AFAB, I think. Oh. But I don't know what they are. What I don't know what they, they identify with. Currently. Well, their music was not the vibe for a warm-up situation. What? Not the... <laughs> it was like, um... Okay, we need to just, like, born this way. Like, come on. And so then, of course, it changed the, the mix to something else, uh, and it got much better. A uh, lot of Carly Rae Jepsen, a lot of Beyonce, a lot of 80s tunes, um, Diana Ross, Whitney Houston, um, Gwen Stefani was in there at one point, uh, Fergalicious. There's a lot of booty things in there, too. I think the new Pride um, repertoire for me mm-hmm. is uh, Kim Petrus. Oh, no, Charlie no. XCX, no, no, no. Rina Sawayama, Dua Lipa. Okay, Rina. Okay. That's the holy yeah. five. Pentagram. The holy, holy pentagram. Holy pentagram. Holy... <laughs> That's the holy five. <laughs> Carly came out with a new song. I did not know that. Rina came out with a new song. I did know that. Um, we're still, well, Kim came out with that whole. Uh... What about Charlie X? Oh, did you say Charlie XCX? Yeah, she okay, came out okay. with okay. Crash. Yeah. But it's not like it was released before June, so yes. does it count for a Pride release? Yes, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Um, still just waiting on Kim Petras. She came out with Slut Pop, but that was like February. Yeah, and you don't like her anyway. So yeah, you don't care. Yeah, but you need to care. Uh, no, yeah, you need to care. No, no. And then Lady Gaga, she's just doing her own. She, she came out with a new song anymore. recently. It was not but good. It was not good. 
as everyone was like, oh my God, this is the best Lady Gaga's ever sounded. I'm like, have you heard Rain on me? <laughs> Let me take you back to 2019. Let's take a step back uh, to just before the Panini um, and Stupid Love was out. Uh, Rain on me came out just before the pandemic. And uh, that was just... When we were like, Lady Gaga gave the gays everything they want. And then the world, the world is down. starting to heal. And then they were like, <laughs> no, it's going to get worse. And then I never, still to this day have not heard a Chromatica 2 into 911 at the club, club, and I'm still mad about it. I don't think it's going to happen anymore. I don't think it is either because I think we passed the phase. I feel like I got something in my nose. Maybe if we were Not like important. the anti-vaxxers and went to the club as soon as it opened. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that probably happened back in May of 2020. And then every one of the gays that I knew in May of 2020 got COVID. Yeah. So I was like. I feel like I'm going to get it again. You might. I don't want to. I, I still don't think I've gotten it that I know of. It's largely possible that I have. And just didn't know it. But You don't wear masks anywhere anymore? Um, Depends on the day. <laughs> I mean, I don't really go many places, but like... When, Not at the gym? No. Everyone's but the gym sweaty. gym only has like 14 people in them, and we normally are always... In boxes. Yeah. But I mean, we don't stick to the boxes like they used to, but whenever the, 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 the gym was first allowed to reopen, they fully like painted or uh, taped the boxes down on the floor, and they were like, stay in your box. They had like assigned like times that you could come in from your car... And then go into your spot, and you stayed in your spot, and everything was brought to you by the coach, <laughs> who was wearing a mask. Which I was like, can we go back to that? <laughs> but no, it's fine. Um, at the grocery store, I typically try to. I ran in earlier today, didn't have my mask with me, and I'm like, I still need something. So, going in. Um, but no, not really. I think I might return to wearing a mask. Yeah. I think it's time. The return to mask. Well, wouldn't they say it's supposed to get bad again for Christmas? Probably. A lot of people are doing outdoor activities lately, so it's supposed to be better, but supposedly it's not. And it's hot. Hot. The COVID doesn't like the hot. It does not like the hot, but if you go inside and still get the COVID, that's a problem. Um, yeah. So what you th- what you been thinking about? Um, you didn't even have a meme to show me. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to show you a meme? Give me a meme. Okay. Give me a meme. What do you mean? boop 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 Give me a second. Um... What is this one? This one? Applicable. Mm. <laughs> Wait. Oh. <laughs> just uh just a little uh situation. Li- library. A library. Downloaded. I already sent you the good one that I had. I don't I don't think I have any. I'm not dead. I'm just tired and ugly. Yeah. Let me sleep. <laughs> That was a good one. I think I had another rendition of that one. A lot of them came from the Instagrams. So. Is hmm. that your social media of choice now? Instagram? Instagram? No, Twitter still. My, um, you had to hold it. Oh, why? Because it's a st- story. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of raccoons. <laughs> Raccoon, possum, and a skunk. Um, yeah. So, uh, no, no, Twitter is still my um, social media of choice. 
uh, Instagram is where I post all of my memes. So, and by memes, I mean memes that I find on Twitter that other people post, and then I take them and then post them on my Instagram. And I say, look how funny I am. No, I typically try it because I did get read by my friends that were like, you can't just take people's tweets and post them without like sharing their ats or whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. So I screenshot the, whatever they post, which I'm like, okay, these fuckers are not making these things up. They're stealing them from other people and then posting them as tweets thinking they're funny. So why does it matter? Meme culture is so convoluted. It these really days. is. So I've just been like, I really don't care because I'm not making any of these memes. I'm not smart enough to make any of these memes. So let me just go ahead and steal their whatever they posted, even if they didn't didn't uh, they originated the meme. Um, so I just take it from them and and I uh, uh, put their handle in their little screenshot and I post it on the Instagram. So yeah, that's the origination of my memes. Telling all, telling all my listeners. Let them. What listeners? Are you talking about my listeners? My fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday! It's not my birthday yet. By the time the next episode comes out, that'll be my birthday. That'll be June twelfth that the next episode comes out. So we'll say happy birthday to you so, on the pod. Yes. So everyone listening, you owe me money. <laughs> You sound like that. Do you remember the one buying where the kid was like, I got basketball game tomorrow. I, I play point guard. No. That's you. <laughs> it's my birthday month. No. Oh my God. For fuck's sake. You and your vines. People liked Vine. No, Vine was too. a thing. Except that was another social media site that I was like, I cannot have this on my phone because I will watch it incessantly and probably die. Not dead yet. Not dead yet. I did try. I mean, I did actually download it, but I try not to watch any of the vines because I was like, oh, I'm going to be funny. And then Bailey wouldn't participate in my funny vines. So she's not a team player. There's a couple of vines out there of me scaring her with things. Cause it was like I was doing a thing that was like, um, here are some things that my dog is afraid of. And then it was just like a can of soup and she runs away. Anything that I held up to her. It was kind of funny. I found him to be funny. I thought it was hilarious. I made like four or five videos and I'm like, this is boring. I would have, I would have bullied you on the internet. Because uh-huh. it was just like me, this like, you know, here's something that my dog is afraid of. And I'd just hold it up and show you. And then I'd turn the camera around and then like hold it up to Bailey and she'd run off. Because you could only do six seconds. Six seconds. So it was a pretty quick situation. I, we need to go back to that. But I also recognize that I was not good at Vines during the time of Vine. So I did not download TikTok or use reels to create any content because i'm very bad at those things so i'm not going to waste anyone's time or my own you're wasting mine oh that's just me on the podcast you know what is are you were you pressuring me yes you're pressuring me to do something i don't know if you want to do you have it pulled up no well then you're pressuring me Yes. Recent Gallup polls have shown that <laughs> Americans have reported feeling stress, worry, and anger at the highest levels in over a decade. While we are growing more and more aware of the stress, mm-hmm. the effects of stress on our bodies and minds, we may not have considered the effects that our stress can have on our pets. According to studies, there is a synchronization between stress hormones in humans and their dogs. If you are a dog parent, you probably know that your pup is very good at reading your body language and can quickly pick up on how you're feeling. We're always working to reduce our own stress in any way that we can, but what about the anxiety we may have passed on to our dogs? 
Big Bones has a solution. CBD has been shown to help reduce stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs, and Big Bones has your dog covered. Made from organic, human-grade ingredients and full-spectrum hemp oil, their bones may offer some relief to your anxious pup. Check out BigBones.com for more information on CBD for dogs and other benefits it may provide. Big Bones offers free shipping on all orders over $25, and you can save 15% using promo code... Spoopy 15. Spoopy 15. Big Bones is LGBTQ owned and operated and is based in Houston, Texas. Big Bones probably donates 10% of all profits to no-skill shelters in the U.S. Need your bones ASAP or want to support small businesses? Big Bones are now available at Man Ready Mercantile in the Houston Heights or at Man Ready Mercantile on South Congress in Austin. Big Bones. I don't want to put in too much effort into the singing part. Oh, you never do. <laughs> I didn't notice a difference. I sing very well, thank you. You sing like a four-mica counter. A what? Four-mica counter. What does that mean? Like a counter? In the grades of counters, four-mica is at the bottom. Do they sing normally? Does yours not? Not if I don't do hard drugs. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, shut up. <laughs> Talking about the counter? The counter keeps singing. Is it for Micah counter? Mm-hmm. No, granite. Oh. Quartz. Oh. It's quartz. She's pretty good. Is she? She's pretty good. She gets the job done. I mean, she accomplishes all the counter tasks that she has to do. Like laying flat, sing. holding things. Yeah. Not being dirty. Well, that's not her responsibility. Oh. I have to bathe her. Okay, what other uh, counter responsibilities? Reflecting light. I don't know that that's supposed to be a direct responsibility. That's for her. I just keep thinking about the holy five. The holy five. <laughs> Yeah. What has five? Star? Yes. Or a pentagram. Five-pointed star. Yeah. Five-pointed star. Because you can't say... And then in the Holy Trinity. The holy... Quantity. Quantity. No. Holy pentity. When does it change from... Pent to... Never mind. I got tired of that. (laughs) I'm tired of numbers. (laughs) That makes sense. Um, how was your weekend? What did you do? <laughs> you got to hear a lot of uh, drama from me recently. Well, mabba dabba. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, uh, you know how I said I was going to have yes, I know. do anything? Yeah. I did not do anything. Yeah. Did you do a lot of things? No, we had guests. Oh, <laughs> how many guests did you have? Uh, just Veronica and the kids. Okay. Well, you, ex- you weren't expecting that. No. La- last, last we spoke. No, I was not. Yeah, yeah. It was. I think it's on this podcast that it was. I'm not doing anything, and I'm happy about I it. I said I was going to lay on the floor over uh-huh. there. You did say that. I didn't get to. You can do it now. No, <laughs> I'm I can ahead contain out. myself. I can contain myself. <laughs> okay, okay. Finish the podcast. Okay, but I will sleep down here. Tonight. Okay, that makes sense. Right on the floor. Yeah, planking. It's comfortable. Is the floor comfortable? Do you remember be. that? No. Did you not watch season? Four of RPDR. How do you feel about RPDR All-Star 7? I like it. It's so fake. I wish Evie would just shut up. Fake? Yeah. Oh. She's every second, she's like, 
so how do you guys feel? Ha 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 I will say that I'm literally fuck off. Slightly annoyed by Evie, and also uh, I'm not uh, in love with some of the things that she has presented, and I'm just like, hmm. yeah. And there's nobody going home. Yeah, I was like, so I gotta pay attention to the shit for the rest home, of the season. It would have been her. Hmm. Anyways, Jinx is doing all the things that I wanted her to do. Though. Yeah. I'm loving everything from her. And they're, they're, the girls are coming for her. The girls are coming for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Raja, also lackluster. No, I think that she got a bad edit this last episode. Because she... I've only seen episode one and two. Oh, see, last episode, you should watch that one. She deserved to win. Oh. What In is my challenge? opinion, a design challenge. Well, that's her burden. Yeah, that's she deserved to win. The outfit that she made, I was like... How the f- well? Her, I guess technically her and Trinity the Tuck too. I was like, how the fuck did you guys make that? Everybody else is doing pretty good. I mean, from what I've seen. honestly, I like everyone besides except Evie. <laughs> except Evie, yeah. yeah. Like everyone's doing pretty decent. And I really wish that Ra- uh, Raven would have been on. She oh, didn't yeah. win anything. See, but see, I whenever she came in, into the workroom and everyone was like, "Oh my god, it's Raven!" I was like, honestly, that doesn't sound bad because I mean they ain't bringing Tyra back. So how are you gonna get season two winner like? Bibi's already done it, which she, I guess you could bring her back again, but does she want to? <laughs> and is she going to bring anything different? No. <clears throat> but Tyra's not, you cannot bring her back. So I was like, okay, I mean, she was the runner up. And so if the winner cannot hold their responsibilities, which I know 10, 11 years later, what responsibilities do they have? Uh, the runner up gets them. So I would have been happy if Raven was competing. But then RuPaul wouldn't have had anyone do her makeup, which would have been a problem. Yeah. That's Ru- true. RuPaul would have done a face kini the entire season. Oh my god! <laughs> With a red lipstick, she would have changed her lipstick every episode. She'd be like it's purple oh, today. It's purple, and it's just like yeah. <laughs> smeared on there. Yeah. So I'm excited for whenever they up the uh, up the ante to like five hundred thousand dollars, which I'm expecting them to do, so they can maybe convince Bob or Bianca to come on there. Bianca. I doubt I doubt Bianca, but maybe Bob could be convinced. Um, but then who would she take on? Of course she's going to win. Well, I mean, you got to take on some strong strong competitor. Uh, if like, you who put, else is left? If you put Bob and Bianca together, well, I mean, you got to start taking things from other <clears throat> other uh, Drag Race franchises. So you got to bring on, you know, Priyanka. Um, you got to bring on... Um, Literally the other winners. You yeah, know, the whatever winners. Whatever the names were. Whoever else won. Uh, I mean, Gosh, Sasha against Bob would American be good too. Exceptionalism is showing. Sasha's pretty good. Uh, Aquarius. Aquari- um, who's season thirteen winner? Candy meat. No. Uh, oh, Simone. That'd be a good Simone one too. That'd be a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Willow pill. Willow. It's not a big pill. It's a willow pill. A willow pill. Uh, Trixie. Trixie ain't coming back. She ain't coming back. Um, we would all love to see. Oh, Alaska! I don't think Alaska would ever come back either. What does Alaska even do now? She's she, on a she, podcast. She does like podcasting. She's got, writing all her music that is bad. <laughs> um, she's doing. Um, she did like a fashion show thing, and then she's also doing like drag show competitions, and she's doing a lot of like weird random shit. I'm mm. Like, okay, keep doing what you're doing. She's in a music video with. Her, Jan Rosé, Laguna Blue, and no, someone else. 
Anyways, but yeah, they're they're they just recently did a music thing together. <clears throat> huh. Yeah. Who else is gay? <laughs> uh, oh, gay things. Sonique, you could bring back Kylie Sonique Love. You think she'd come back for five hundred thousand dollars? She's gonna go home first. I don't think she should have won her season. Envy Peru, I thought that she was pretty decent. Lawrence Cheney. I just don't know that there's a whole lot of um, talent. <gasps> relatability between some of the seasons because, or franchises. Uh-huh. Because, like, Envy Peru can't dance. Oh, yeah. At all. Well, neither can the UK queens. Neither can any of the other franchises. I know, because they're not, like, forced to. Yeah, like they, they are in America. <gasps> Kidamine. She can come back. She's still not going to stand up against Bob. Nobody will. Nobody will. Bob, here, Bob, here's your victory lap I know. Uh, season. Here, come win $500,000. Okay. <laughs> I mean, she'd probably do it then. Honestly. Or you could just ask the queens that have already competed again that didn't win. Be like, hey, you want to come back again come for on. a third time? Bob. Hmm? Alyssa Edwards. Okay, so now we're just doing fan favorite. Fan, which I have also heard that that was rumored as well. I would do a fan. fan I would like a fan, fan favorite. Try, uh, you're not going to do it, but try and convince Katya to do it again. Oh. Have Katya, Alyssa Edwards. Um, Trixie. Denali Bye. was a, a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Ms. Cracker, but she was already on All Stars. She can come back for a minute. She can come back for a minute. And she might do it again. But see, then at that point, it's like, okay, just put them on, uh, like, UK versus the world. Just but let them win show. money. <laughs> just do a fun TV show. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. We should probably talk about scary things, right? Probably. <laughs> no, enough drag race. We have another podcast for that. That, we that we've never done. <laughs> <laughs> what did we end on? Did we at least end on... We ended on season 13. No. Oh. All Star Six. Okay, yeah. Yeah. We ended on a season that was here. <laughs> good. Good, 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 good. <sighs> Who went first last week? I believe it was you. It was me. So that means you want me to go first? Oh, Valentina's first. another one. She can come back again. What has she been doing? She was in that rent thing. <laughs> and then she got back on All Stars and lost. And lost very badly. And then she did nothing. Uh uh-uh. uh. Because she thought she was going to sail through that competition. I was like, you were sailing through the first competition you were in, and then you decided not to learn the words of a song that is literally a repeat of the same words over and over and over again. I cannot believe. Too difficult. I could not believe. Uh huh. Anyways, so uh, let's talk about scary things. So I'm not doing Albert Fish. Because we've done Albert Fish. I don't believe you. It's been four years. But we are now on season... You have a bad memory. Yes. And uh, we've done it. Also, you give me two shots of gin, or more sometimes, and two... Oh, how dare you? Two white claws. But no. I would never. Um, We used to drink other things. We used to drink white wine and gin. Let's go back to that. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, Yeah, rough. We did do that once recently. Because you had a white claws. Yeah. That's good. No. Let's go back. No. No. And it was normally like a, a keep filling it up. Just keep coming. And just more. Now we have uh, gotten into a... A pace. A pace. We've paced ourselves. Look at us growing up. We are elder millennials. 
Some more than others. That's okay. Who? <laughs> Jazz is a child. Oh, yeah. Should, what, is she Gen Z or is it? Is there going to be another term? A new thing. What's a new thing? Gen A. Did they a start a over again? again? Oh my god. Um, anyway, so I'm going to be talking. Oh, oh, sorry, we're still on the the uh, serial killer iceberg. Okay, we yes. have now made it to tier three, and I'm supposed to address some stuff, aren't I? Yeah, address some of the the serial killers, whoever's on there. I remember uh, Dean Coral was on there. Yeah, let me just go to my phone. Dean Coral was one of the first people that I uh, researched. 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 And uh, that was a rough one. That one took, what, two, two, almost three episodes? No, we did three episodes on him. Excuse me. I mean, it hit so close to home. Yeah, because it was literally uh, in the Heights. So that's where I live now. Actually, now I live on Columbia Street. My brother lives. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Columbia Street was one of the his first houses in the Heights. He was at like the like two blocks from me. How crazy is that? Let's go to your house and do a séance. Okay, no, I don't do that. Okay, no, no. And maybe in like the last day, but as long as none of the spirits attach themselves to me. I want to do so. I don't want to do like the séance, like a, a Ouija board or anything. But have you heard of ghost writing? No. I want to do ghost writing. What is that? So it's you all are in a seance circle and you have one medium and everyone is, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you chant or not, but anyways, somebody is just constantly writing on the page and you're supposed to like make ease and the spirit is supposed to move your hand and write stuff for you. I don't like that. It's in my book. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that at My all. how to contact a book to haunt somebody. Yeah. Is that, is, are you learning? Yeah, so I can get you haunted. I don't want to do that. Anyways, talk about. Uh... <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> talk about tier three. Um, so there's a couple of uh, big names on tier three. Dean Coral, of course. Uh, the Axe Man of New Orleans. I did that one. Uh-huh. You did Carl uh, Panzeram, too. I don't know who that is. I can't think of exactly what he did now. Carl! Um, I did... Uh, Carl Panzram. Myra Hindley and um, her accomplice. And I think that's all we've done from C- or, uh, season three. Level three. But we've got other big hitting names. Like? Andre Chikatilo. The Grim Sleeper, Stephen. I thought Port. you did Andre. No, mine is a, a different last name. It's not Chikatilo. Uh. Uh, Andrew or Stephen Port, Gary Ridgeway, the Hillside Stranglers, Richard Chase, and Dennis Nilsson. Hmm. So I don't. Think I guess I've done you could say Carl Pan's around there. But then again, I don't fucking know. It just apparently I did me. Albert Albert Fish, and I don't remember that at all. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I'm going to be talking about Stephen Port uh, today. Stephen Port was born in 1975 in South End on Sea, Essex. Don't you just love city names in the UK? I love Essex, Sussex, 
other X's. X's, whales. I oh, know. No, well, I like those. Those are good. <laughs> uh, but South End on Sea is my favorite. Like what? Uh, so he, when he was a year old, his his family moved to Dagenham in East London, where he grew Wait, up. Who was it again? Uh, Stephen Port. Stephen Port. Okay. Stephen Port. Uh, he was described as. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. So his parents still love, live in East London. Um, he was described as being a loner and was often bullied during his childhood. Uh, I was too, bitch. I didn't turn out to be a serial killer yet. I heard the yet. Yeah, me? Did I say that? What's your... It's a little distasteful to what? talk about serial killings right now, I think. Why? Because we're on a serial killer podcast. Well, I know. Oh, you mean like the 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 events, all of the events, all of the events. Yes, but see, that's not like serial killer. That is uh, like a terrorist attack. Yeah, um, I just got scared when I was on Murderpedia today, and it was like, "Hey, hold on, you might see some images that you don't like." It was an ad, but I was like, "Um, I never saw that before." Yeah, I don't like any of that. Um, so. Yes, he's described as being a loner, blah, blah, blah. Former teachers also describe Port's personality as quiet. Uh, his neighbor, with a U. That's how the correct spelling. Neighbor. Um, described him as having a peculiar childlike personality, exhibiting odd behavior, with a U. I love that. <laughs> uh, as a grown man, such as playing with children's toys. Uh, no. Nope. 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 If you see that, run away. Scary. When the girls go to school, I go up there and I play with all the Barbies. Okay, that's different. You're just but gay. I brush their hair. I make sure their outfits are nice. Yeah. Make sure I, everything's ready to go. The girls home and I'm like, look, everybody fashion show. Your, your Barbies did something. And then they're like, oh, well, I, let's change them. I'm like, no. Do Don't not touch my Barbie. I mean, my your Barbie. <laughs> Do not touch Elisa and Stephania. <laughs> you, you named our Barbie? No. No, no, no. This is what the name on the box said. I have named all their Barbaries. Because oh. they always ask me. What is this one's name? And I always, like, Barbara. Bar- Margaret. You, not all of them can be named Barbara. And Robin. also, all of them old lady names. Ethel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Elena. Af- Elena? I don't uh-huh. think it's really an old lady name. Peggy. I'm not just talking American. Pam. Pam. Pamela. No, just Pam. Yeah. I'll think of some more and I'll pepper them in the rest of the Deborah. Deborah. Love Deborah. Did I ever tell you the story that I met a, not met, there was a customer that used to call us all the time at the DNA testing company. Her name was Deborah. (laughs) Deborah. And like the longest time we kept on messing up her name and she was like, my name is not Deborah. It's Deborah. (laughs) No. What the fuck kind of... And then it became something that we started seeing more often. It is actually a It's a Mandela effect. It's actually... I guess so. It's actually a fucking name. Devra. And some were like literally D-E-V-R-A, D-E-V-O-R-A-H, like... Devora. Devora, like... I have one that's funny, but it's also... It's... Maybe... I don't know. So, the woman's name was Rinda. Instead of Linda. (laughs) 
Rin. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I know where you're going. With this. It was Rinda. And our account coordinator at the time, her name was Linda. Uh huh. And I think she answered the phone for it. And she was also Asian American. Uh huh. And so she was like, yeah, you, you have a, a Rinda for an appointment at three o'clock. And Rinda showed up. And it was actually Rinda. And her name was Rinda. And not Linda. It was not Linda. There's something awful happening there. Yeah. Anyways. I won't address any of it. <laughs> so after leaving school at the age of 16, he went to art college, but apparently it was too expensive for his parents. So he spent two years training as a chef instead, which I was like, uh, training as a chef nowadays is literally like buku bucks. Like, if you try and go to, like, culinary school, it's like $12,000 a semester. What year is that? Uh, so, he was born in 1975, so late 90s. Okay. I don't know. I have a very um, interesting money thing happen in my story, too. Oh, okay. Um, so, a former romantic partner of Port's described his personality as childish and gave that as a reason for ending their relationship. Uh, so, he was... Still acting like a child as an adult man. Um, he came out as gay in his mid-20s. Oh, fuck. Yeah. We got a gay. Happy Pride Month, y'all. Oh, shit. <laughs> All these gay serial killers. killers. Yeah. Uh, he making lived... us look bad. It's, it gets worse. Uh, he lived with his parents until his early 30s and then lived alone in a flat in Barking, London. Uh, and worked as a chef at stagecoach at a stagecoach bus depot in West Ham. The ham is from West? I guess that's where you get ham from. Mm. Uh, Port also briefly appeared on an episode of the television show MasterChef. What? Isn't that crazy? Uh, He was also described as having an athletic appearance at the time of the murders due to regularly going to the gym. Classic gay. He was bald, but he disguised disguised himself in public by wearing a blonde toupee. The hairpiece was professionally fastened and increased his confidence when meeting other men. I mean, same. Just kidding. I don't have a toupee. I grew this myself. I grew these three hairs myself. that's the toupee? I don't know. I didn't look at any photos. Oh, yeah. That's a good toupee. Yeah, it's he. It's I said it was professionally fastened. Good for him. Good for her. Uh, so Port met his victims via online gay and bisexual social networks and dating or hookup apps, and constructed biographies in which he made false claims about his background. One including that he pretended to have graduated from Oxford University and had served in the Royal Navy. Another was that his occupation was a special needs teacher. So he used gamma hydroxybutyric acid, which is GHB or G, uh, which is a date rape drug. Adding to it, uh, adding it to drinks to given to his victims, he then raped them and then murdered four of them in his flat in Barking. The prosecution later said post-mortem examinations of the four men who died revealed that each had died from drug overdose featuring the high levels of GHB, but Port surreptitiously surreptitiously. Surreptitiously used other drugs on his victims, such as amyl nitrate, poppers, uh, Viagra, mephedrome, and methamphetamines or crystal meth. So uh, apparently, if you use poppers and Viagra together, you die. So don't do that. (laughs) Hmm. 
hmm. if you ever need to. Um, the first one is make a sign for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, obviously, you're not supposed to use poppers like ever. <laughs> But if you're using Viagra, don't use poppers together because they do a lot of things. Um, so his first vert murder victim was Anthony Walgate, age 23. He was a fashion student originally from Hull, uh, who on occasion... There's a gay joke in there somewhere. Yeah, that, I wasn't oh, going to do it. <laughs> who on occasion worked as an escort um, and was contacted by Port on June 17th of 2014, pretending to be a client that offered 800 pounds for his services. They later met at Barking Station. Uh, at his flat, flat later, Port drugged Anthony with GHB and then raped him. Walgate died after being given a fatal overdose of the drug. In the early morning of June 19th, Port dragged the body out to the pavement outside his flat and used his own phone uh, to call an ambulance. His own cell phone to call an ambulance. Not giving his name, he told an operator that he had been driving past and had seen a young boy, quote-unquote, who was collapsed or had had a seizure or was drunk on the street. Port then returned to his flat. Shortly before 8 a.m., Walgate was pronounced dead. Evidence leaking... Evidence linking Port to Walgate's death was missed at this time. So his cause of death is a GHB overdose? Was overdose. The cause of death for all of these is overdose. Which means, because I mean, G is a drug that some people use recreationally, which is also scary. Because if you do too much of this, and there's a very fine line of this, you will die. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not good. It's a very bad drug. Um, so evidence linking Port to Walgate's death was missed at this time. Port was convicted of uh, perverting the course of justice later in March of 2015 because of his account of the death to police varied. He was sentenced to eight months at that time, but was released in June and was electronically tagged. Um, between August 2014 and September of 2015, Port murdered three more men. He murdered Gabriel Kovari, who was age 22, who had moved to London from Slovakia and had been uh, had briefly lived with Port. Uh, he also murdered Daniel Whitworth, age 21, from uh Gravesend in Kent, who worked as a chef, and then also Jack Taylor, age 25, who lived with his parents in Dagenham uh, and worked Dagenham and had worked as a forklift truck driver. The bodies of the second and third victim were found in the graveyard of the Church of St. Margaret of Antioch in Barking by the same woman who on separate occasions by the same woman on separate occasions walking to her dog. Could you imagine walking through a graveyard and finding one dead body? And be like, oh, fuck, I got to do something about this. And then continue your walk. And you find a second fucking dead body. <laughs> be like, these are supposed to be underground. Why are they out here? Someone is doing their job badly. Yeah. So the last victim was found in the park adjacent to the graveyard. Not by the same woman, supposedly. Uh, that would have been a bad day for her. You found three fucking dead bodies. Like, that, I've been this, like, shit, this is zombie apocalypse. This is an <laughs> omen. I am getting the fuck out of here. I'm going in my bunker. Yeah. Uh, so Port had planted a fake suicide note along the body of Whitworth that suggested that he was responsible for the death of Kavari, uh, the previous victim, and that he had killed himself out of guilt. So apparently he did like a murder-suicide situation. Yeah. So Port used a number of internet hookup sites and apps as a means of initially contacting his victims, including Sleepy Boy, Grinder. I don't Hornet, like the first one. <laughs> Fit Lads, Badoo, Gaydar, Flirt, Daddy Hunt, 
Planet Romeo, Manhunt, Slave Boys, and Couch Surfing. <laughs> and how many are you on? Uh, seven. Seven, yeah. Oh, shit. No, you're not. No, I'm not on any of them. <laughs> Grind- he said Grinder. I'm not on Grinder. <laughs> have you been on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Grinder. Grinder, Hornet. I use Hornet once, briefly, and it's the same people on Grinder. So I was like, why? Why? I just want to know the story behind Sleepy Boys. I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like a nice, wholesome app for sleepovers. Sleepovers? You, I mean, same with couch surfing. Couch surfing, I'm looking for a place to crash. Gosh, I just I just need a, somewhere to stay. Today. Yeah, that sounds surfing. like you're you're bringing vagrants into your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you're just traveling around. Hey. Come on in. You got to pay it somehow. It sounds like a start of an 80s porno. How do or, you pay the... the- Troll the toll. troll toll you get into that boy's soul boy's soul boy's soul yeah uh so there were some inquests that were open into the deaths uh they returned open verdicts they were like oh all right we don't know what's happened um so nadia prasad a the coroner at the time uh, however, said that she had some concerns surrounding Whitworth's death, which had not been answered by the police investigation. Her statement continued saying, Most concerns are the findings by the pathologist of manual handling prior to his death, and noted that the bed sheet that he was found wrapped in was not forensically analyzed, and the bottle of GBL, which was found nearby, was also not tested for fingerprints or DNA. A detective was asked why the bedsheet was not tested, and they got no answers. So, I'm going to step into some concerns about what happened here. Because there could have been a very easy way to link all of these together, and there wasn't. So, the police came under under heavy fire because they had no idea what was going on. Uh, so the bodies of the four men were found in the vicinity of Port's home in a period of just over a year from late summer 2014. Walgate the first was outside of Port's front door, and the other three were in a graveyard or nearby a graveyard right down the road. Uh, the Metropolitan Police, however, failed to link these four things together. They just thought four gay men, all had the same drugs in their system, just were raped and died. Which makes sense, right? Um, well, I'm sure they were like, oh, you know those gay people. The, yes. Uh, so the first three victims were initially thought to have died in suspicious circumstances. And despite Pink News, so Pink News got involved, which is a big LGBT news source, uh, which is a website. And uh, and the forces... LGBT independent advisory uh, group correctly believed that there was a serial killer at large, but the police told them the crimes were not linked. So even though these three bodies were all found and all had the same situations nearby each other, they were not linked. Like, oh yeah, these are all different situations. Um, So a BBC One documentary broadcast in March of 2017, which is uh, two years after this had happened, suggested a catalog of police failings in the Metropolitan's police response to the deaths. So, let me begin. The crucial witnesses were not questioned. For example, Port's neighbor, who had witnessed Port in a dazed state with a large container full of white powder and bottles of clear liquid when he had made an unexpected visit to his home, uh, and also reported receiving suspicious text messages from Port regarding Kavari. So he saw Port in a messy state, and also had a large container full of white powder and clear liquids uh, and had received text messages about Kavari. 
And it was like, I was never questioned by police about this. Like, and I lived next door and I mean, there was a dead body in front of my fucking house. So why wasn't everyone in the general vicinity questioned? Um, How late? I, well, I mean, well, I mean, they, no they came in the morning. Because, like, he, he brought his dead body out there in the early morning and then called the, the ambulance, called the police, and he was pronounced dead at 8 o'clock in the morning. So it's like, I mean, there was a dead body out in the early morning. On the street. On the street. Uh, so Kavari's previous landlord, John Pape, searched on the internet for other unexplained deaths in the barking area and was astonished at the similarity similarities in the case of Anthony Walgate, especially... The locations in which the bodies were found. However, uh, Barking and Dagenham, uh, Dagenham police did not link the two cases. So they were like, I mean, I'm a landlord of one of the people that died. Like, you didn't even come to me to ask me any questions either. Uh, so upon learning of Whitworth's death, he then called a, a detective at the Barking, at, uh, yeah, Barking and Dagenham, Dagenham damn it, police and demanded to know whether they thought the now three cases were linked or could be uh, a murder and he was concerned for his own personal safety so he was assured that they were not linked and not murder uh, he also offered to be interviewed since he felt he might have relevant information regarding Kovari's last movements but no one contacted him in response even after he had organizations like the pink news contact the police on his behalf so like the pink news was like something's going on and they were doing their own investigation on top of the police's, on top of what the police were doing. I will not say police investigation as we continue. Um, the woman who found Kavari's body and found Whitworth's body two weeks later in the same location and almost the exact same position also reported thinking, oh, I guess they weren't found at the same time. Sorry. She just happened to find both of them. What an unlucky woman. I know. Um See, I thought they were at the same time. Uh, she also reported thinking that the Barkingham and Dagenham police had no idea what they were doing, and she was not contacted uh, about the cases. So it's like, you, she found the fucking dead bodies, and she wasn't contacted at all. So Whitworth's stepmother says that when the police informed her of his death, they led her to believe that he had died of overdose on drugs, despite no investigation having taken place, and discounted the bruising under his arms, which would assume be from dragging, uh, which a coroner later stated meant a third party was involved. Or, I'm sorry, a third party could not be ruled out. They took the supposed suicide note left with his body at face value, sending a small fragment to her and Whitworth's father, asking them to verify whether it was his handwriting. Although her, his parents said they were unsure, it was established at the trial that Barking and Dagenham police had recorded this as confirmation uh, that it was his handwriting and that the police had not submitted the note for expert analysis. So they were like, I can't tell it's our son's handwriting. They're like, well... That's his handwriting. Sorry. Sorry, you told us it was. And so then they didn't take it to expert analysis. So when the couple were later shown the complete document, Whitworth's father immediately was like, that is not his handwriting. So if they had seen the whole thing, a suicide note left by their child, he would have immediately been able to say that. But instead, they just got like a tiny little excerpt, I assume a couple of words, and like, is this it? And they were like, I don't know. And they're like, oh, okay, got it. Thank you. <laughs> what the fuck? So the couple had also asked whether the police had investigated who was meant by the guy with the last, uh, the guy I was with last night, which was part of uh, the note. Um, and the, the response was that it would never be possible to find out all the answers. Uh, 
so they were not investigating. Uh, asking about challenging the open verdict or continuing the investigation, his stepmother encountered what she described as an attitude of it is what it is, deal with it. Similarly, Taylor's sister reported the police simply telling the family Jack's dead uh, and accepted the syringe in his pocket, white powder in his wallet, and needle marks on his arm as indicating that he had sat down by himself and overdosed on drugs, although her brother was very anti-drugs. She and another sister contacted Barking and Doggenham police uh, 11 days after his death for an update on their investigation, and they were astonished to discover that there was no investigation happening. So they were like, hey, what's going on? And they were like, what do you mean? Nothing, nothing's happening. Like, could you imagine losing a, a family member and then being told, yeah, we're not investigating it. I, I don't understand why you're calling us. Like, what the fuck? So they this then... This is what year? This is 2015. So like seven years ago. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, they then researched for themselves and came across the three previous cases, but the police responded by denying that there was any connection. They're once again like, this is literally the you know, four gays that all died in a matter of less than a year. So what is happening here? Uh, so eventually, two weeks after his death, the police agreed to take the two sisters to where Taylor's body had been found and at Barking Station told them that the CCTV footage of Taylor and another man had been found. The sisters were surprised not to have been notified of this and were even more surprised to be told by police that they were not attempting to identify the other man. So there was another man that Taylor had entered this area with and they're not trying to find they, him. they were like, I don't know who this man is. I don't care. They're probably like, oh, that's his drug dealer. It so one described the attitude of the police as just shocking. So in response to their questioning, the credibility of the police account of what the footage showed, a sergeant later contacted them to say that upon review, the footage did not show Taylor entering the churchyard alone. They then requested that images of the other man be made public in order to identify. The police were very reluctant, saying that they did not normally release CCTV images, but eventually gave in, and two days later, surprise, Port was identified from the images and was arrested. So only because the two sisters were like, what the fuck? Do something Where's about this, this video. Who is this person? They were like, oh, this was, this was Port. So I guess we should do something about that. So in 2015, Port was then charged with four counts of murder and four of administering a poison. But at the Old Bailey, which is a courthouse, or a, I mean, it's like a, a big court situation. Mm -hmm. uh, in June, two, it's not just like a, you know, going out of the courthouse. It's like. You're on trial. <laughs> um, in June 2016, prosecutors added six more counts of administering a poison, seven charges of rape, and four of sexual assault. He also faced four alternative charges of manslaughter. Port appeared vid via video link from prison and denied all of the charges. On the 23rd of November in 2016, Port was convicted of the assaults by penetration, rapes, and murders of Anthony Walgate, Gabriel Cavari, Daniel Whitworth, and Jack Taylor, as well as the rapes of three other men that he had drugged and 10 counts of administering a substance with intent and four sexual assaults. He was found guilty on all counts. In total, 11 men were known victims of Port's crimes. So he only killed four, but everything, like the drugging and the sexual assault and whatnot, that was 11 people. Um... At the Old Bailey on uh, November 25th of 2016, uh, the justice sentenced Port to life imprisonment with a whole life order. Uh, so he ain't got no choice. <laughs> uh, following Port's conviction, the appendant police compliant 
Complaints Commission open investigation into whether 17 police officers should also face disciplinary action. Uh, as of uh, November 2017, this was expected to be completed in spring of 2018, but not made public until after a verdict in the new joint inquest on all four deaths. The inquests of on Kovari and Whitworth were later quashed. So the families then were like, well, fuck that. So basically, the, the police investigation's got nothing, um, is what I got from that. Uh, the, the families then were like, okay, well, we're going to start a civil claim against the, the police department. So, Good. yeah, they created that. So the Metropolitan Police uh, also reported that in 2016 that there were that they were reexamining 58 unexplained deaths involving date rate drubs. Drubs. <laughs> Not drubs. Not the drubs, date rate drugs, although a spokeswoman said that there was nothing to suggest that Port was linked to any of them. They were just like, oh, well, there were some other GHB or whatever it is, uh, drug-related deaths, so maybe we should look into those too since that happened. Um, so in 2019, Gerald Matavu uh, was known to have supplied Port with the GHB used in the killings and was arrested and later convicted of the murder of an actor and known known actor and businessman Eric Michaels. He was sentenced to life imprisonment with a minimum... An actual actor? I don't know anything about him, but I'm sure he was an actor in England. Hmm. Uh, he was sentenced to life imprisonment with a minimum term of 31 years. Using similar method to Port, Matavu had targeted Michaels on Grinder and had given him a fatal dose of GHB. So he overdosed him. In August, so his drug dealer, <laughs> Port's drug dealer, killed someone as well. <laughs> so I just had to include that little part in there. Hmm. In well, August... <laughs> what? I mean... Don't fall far from the tree? You know. Yeah. So, this is a little funny thing. Not funny. This is not funny. Uh, in August of 2020, there was a Brazilian chat show uh, program that an audience member named Raphael told his story of actually dating Port. Uh, Raphael had moved to London in 2012 at uh, the age of 19 and had been working as a waiter when he met Port on a dating website. Probably Grindr. Sleepy Boys. Or Sleepy Boys, yeah. So after they started dating, Raphael moved into Port's apartment where they lived together for a little longer than a month. After they broke up, Raphael moved back to Brazil where he got a different job and started a different relationship. One day he was like, I wonder where that man is. So he Googled his name online and found out uh, found out about the murders through an article on BBC. Raphael said at first he read the words documentary, Stephen Poor, and serial killer, and was interested because he was like, oh, maybe he started a documentary on a serial killer. And then he was like, oh, fuck. And read it and realized <laughs> it was... I narrowly avoid. Yeah, it was definitely about his ex-boyfriend. Uh, so after he discovered the truth about Port, Raphael said that he uh, said that looking back, there were a lot of strange things going on. Another former partner of Port's also claimed to have broken up with Port due to his unusual behavior. So he's now got several partners that were like, mm, he's kind of messed up. So in July of 2020, it was announced that a fresh inquiry was set to take place in January of 2021 to examine, uh, I'm sorry, did I say Jan July 2020? It was announced that a fresh inquiry was set to take place in January of 2021 to examine all four deaths and probe into any police failings. So that, I believe, is still ongoing. So they were basically like, uh, yeah. It's not done. It's not done. Yeah. So they are, are still looking into figuring out what happened here, why the police didn't link any stuff together, and they were just like, eh. Gays, they're dead. Ugh. Yeah. So that was, uh, I think, 
like I, I, I know I'm mean, serial killer is terrible, but the police issue here is what I like what irritated me the most about this whole situation. Cause it was like, you literally had all of this evidence and did nothing with it. You were just like four people died. Lots. They took everything that like happened at face value. Like, Oh yeah. Someone killed himself. Okay. Oh, and you got another overdose. Yeah. Sorry. Like they, they didn't even look into it. They weren't caring. So like these 17 men are being looked 17 police officers are being looked into. And it's like, someone's got to lose their jobs. I mean, face punishment something like that because it's this is embarrassing especially when you have family members that are telling you my what, my what child yeah my child doesn't do drugs or my sibling doesn't do drugs has never done drugs never been interested in drugs uh like what happened and they were like look at the fucking footage and they were finally like oh fine and they did and they're like oh 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 yeah someone killed him <laughs> see this yeah. is fine yeah no look who is this man yeah uh, publish it publish it now and they're like oh no we don't want to do that finally they're dead oh yeah he killed him <laughs> jesus yeah so why do you that. think it's on level three i think it's because it was like a couple of tiers into it because because of, of the the police, police. yeah because uh, like same with dean coral dean coral didn't have the police on his side but it was the police the police were involved in that they stopped counting the bodies but he had sidekicks that helped him does yours have any like sidekicks or like police weird shit mine no oh we don't know. My, well police weird shit okay so then maybe that's like mine's on level two though oh that yours was level three no oh never mind then anyways <laughs> i guess i should talk about it yeah if you want to talk about scary things yay you're gonna, do the, you're gonna do it in the bathroom? No, I was gonna get this if you wanted this. Oh my god, I would love that. And maybe another one of these. Oh my god, I would love uh, see, uh, you are attacking me, but I mean, you can suppose if you want. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I'm working on my whistle tone. How do you feel about that? I think I've also improved my plants' lives. Yeah. I think they're doing better. But did you stop watering them? No, I've watered them more. Which ones are you watering more? All of them. Why? Except the orchids. Don't don't water this. All that one them. does not need water either. Oh, the soil is dry. It, yeah, it's a desert plant. And it's starting to die. But now it's not. Okay. I mean, you give it water like once a week and just a little bit. Oh, I give it water once a week. Okay, but just a little bit. No, a lot. No. And I got a spray bottle uh-huh. that I also use for the girl's hair. Uh-huh. And I just, every once in a while, just... Oh, that's good. You can do that to the orchids, too. But just a little bit. Oh, just I do the spray. water and the... S- you make the noise. No. I'm Well, I'm constantly making the noise for all the cats that live under the house. Uh-huh. But I also spray. Yeah. You just ever see a cat and you just go... Did you harm yourself on your knee? Oh, yeah. This is when I did Murph. What? Oh, I did Murph. You don't know what that is. It's, okay. it's a gym thing. Sounds like a drug. So after the uh, the river trip where I drank uh, a lot of beverages, um, I was a little hungover on Monday. And then, no, well, I was drunk on Sunday night. And my um, coach friend texted me and goes, hey, you want to do Murph? And, like, Murph is, like, a Memorial Day workout, like, with CrossFit organizations where you run a mile, do 100 push-ups, no, 100 pull-ups, 
200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then run another mile. You did 100 pull-ups? Uh-huh. Well, I didn't do pull-ups. I did ring rows. What the fuck is a ring row? Um, we'll see. Lean. There's, there's like, hooks, rings that are hanging from the rig, and you, like, take a step back, and then you lean back, and then you pull yourself Oh, up. my God. I'm already tired of your crossfit. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> I know, and I shouldn't have. Yeah, you shouldn't have. Uh, so I did that. I don't know how I survived that, but my body's been very sore. But I did knee push-ups as well, because uh, I didn't want to do full push-ups, and uh, definitely fucked up my knees a lot. It's gotten better. I don't like that you're on a CrossFit journey. Uh, I mean, it's not technically CrossFit. <laughs> That you've joined a cult. I'm not a part of a cult. You're a part of a cult. Call, call your dad. And I think you need to get help. No. Because you, you want me to now, have my dad call you? Yeah, honestly. Mark, help me. Um, now I'm a coach. I'm about to be a coach. I'm not technically a coach yet. This tastes different. What flavor is it? It's tangerine. Tangerine. Mm-hmm. But I don't know because it's so cold. How... Oh. It's very icy. cold. <laughs> it's icy and spicy. For you, I'm too pricey. Oh, Denali, I hope you get help. To win a, a, a drag race. She deserved to win. She did. I see her driving down the, the road all the time. Where's she going? Well, she's a car. Oh. Can you tell the difference between cars? Uh, they're not all the same. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> as well, a, there's SUVs and pickups and cars. As a homosexual, there I, I can't tell the difference between a sedan, an SUV, a pickup, a bigger SUV, or a pickup. Yeah, you can tell that difference. Yes. Okay. Or a Jeep. Do you know all the little? But only if there's the the, fun like, icons on the front. No. Uh, only. <laughs> The fun icon. The emojis. No, on the car. I get Honda and Hyundai mixed up all the time. Uh, I know that they're Hyundai is like woo, <laughs> and Honda's like bitch. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um, yeah, I, this is a no for me. That's what like when uh, Uber will be like, I'm in this blah blah blah. I'm like, what color is it? Oh, you and gotta hold up the light. I have done that before. It's embarrassing. I don't care. Okay. I'm out like, here. Here's the blue light. Excuse me. Hello. Here's the gay. Baby, Hi. the pink is over here, baby. Uh, uh, it's 7 Get p.m. I'm going home. <laughs> it's also daytime when I'm making yeah, it. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where's the blue light at? <laughs> I cannot see it. The sun is in my eyes. <laughs> this is me. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sir, what happened to you? The gays. The gays happened to me. Hey. Drag brunch. How many times did you narrowly avoid? Maybe. Narrowly avoid death from a serial killer on Grindr? And when I die? I I actually, I want to know that. Uh, I do remember going on a Tinder date one time. And, uh... uh, Oh, oh. Son of a bitch, I've never done it before. And it's me this time. Oh, oh. Uh oh! Would you fucking help? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Go get a goddamn thing. <laughs> okay, you got that. Hold that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Would you help? No. <laughs> Stays in one I spot. Spilled. <laughs> oh no! The whole thing. <laughs> Oopsies. 
mean, I guess that's a sign that I should have had it. <laughs> got it? Yeah. What the fuck? Technical yeah. difficulties. I still recorded the whole thing, too. That's great. I love it. <laughs> Will it be on the podcast? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're here for that. Um, Boston wins. What does that mean? I don't even understand. Um, well, you got to pour yourself another. Yes! <laughs> and have it immediately. <laughs> Get rid of it so that we don't spill anymore. But that was just like, how do you just touch the tip and it's like... Oh, Bye! Bye. <laughs> well, it's a leaning tower of gin. Leaning... Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Bad joke, bad joke. Bad, bad joke, yeah. Bad joke. Well, that's what I got. Are we actually taking it right now? Look at the table. <gasps> oh. Look what you've done to the table. Oh, yeah, me. It's still not my fault. It'll it'll deoxidize. It'll be fine. I have a, I have a spray. A spray? Good morning. Good morning. We're awake now. Time for the next part of the podcast. Woo! Shut up. I spilled on myself. Yeah, I know. I can see. Oh, my God. <laughs> what did you do to my table? <laughs> what did you do? I'm going to get blamed for it so bad. That's a good running joke that I have. Yeah. <gasps> Anyways. <laughs> Ciao. I want to talk about Peter Sutcliffe. Okay. So, Peter Sutcliffe was a bastard. Okay. And not in the actual word of bastard. Oh. It's just gross. A bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was born to a working class family in uh, Bingley. My uh, person is also from the UK. Look at us. We just hopped across the pond. Across the pond. Uh-huh. Across the um, pond. Oh, my God. I took the, the girls to the grocery store to get stuff for their little And they met tomorrow. a British person? No. Some oh. woman was doing a British accent. She was like, oh, this is exactly what I was looking for. And they were like, she's British. And they were like, no. <laughs> it's like, no. No, she's just dumb and weird. No, people do accents all the time. I can do accents. <laughs> oh my god. I have accents. I have lots of accents. And they're like, why don't you talk like that all the time? <gasps> I was like, you know when we do story time, I have accents all the time. That is true. Happiness, class jobs! Class jobs! <laughs> they're like, all the time they ask me to say things. <laughs> a centipede. Uh-huh. He's a classic New Yorker. Uh-huh. He's got a, he's a little rough and tumble. Uh-huh. Um, what about your old man voice? Anyone ask for that? Mm. You gotta, you gotta perfect that one. Uh, my British is good. Uh-huh. My French is good. Russian, good. Your Australian, no, it's not good. No, it's not. I, I won't, I won't endorse that one. It's, I mean, definitely better than mine. But my, my number one though, old Jewish New York. Oh yeah, that is good. You know. Oh yeah, because you just gotta do the thing. We also got a, like Chicago, like nineteen twenties accent. Ah, trans- that's a good and one. Transatlantic. Transatlantic. That's a good one. Right in the. You car. tell me this Atlantic is trans. Somebody's got to be just in time for Pride Month. <laughs> so Peter Sutcliffe <laughs> was from Bingley, West Riding of Yorkshire. <laughs> I told you I love their names. Uh, <coughs> his Sorry. parents were John William Sutcliffe and his his wife Kathleen Francis, who was born as Cunan. Excuse um, me, Cunan. C-O-O-N-A-N. Cunan. Uh, a native... It's important because he changes his name later. Uh, and a, a native of Connemara. Kathleen was a uh, Roman Catholic and John was a member of the choir. 
uh, at the local Anglican Church of St. Wilfrid's. Uh, their children were raised in their mother's Catholic faith. Fl- faith. Uh, Sutcliffe was known to be a loner. He left school at 15 and he did a bunch of menial jobs, including a grave digger in the 1960s. The fuck you call me? A grave digger. Excuse me. Sorry. That was a. He was probably. That's a slur. He was. For what? I'm just kidding. He was probably the uh, man in charge when that woman found all those bodies. That's probably true. She's like, you got to put these underground. <laughs> you got to do something about this. Uh, so between November uh, 1971 and April 1973, he worked at the Baird Television Factory on the packaging line. Like the bread? Yeah. They, oh. also, they used to make TVs in Mi- England. Mrs. Oh. Mrs. Baird's. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's different. And in a different country. You don't think they have Baird's breads in England? No, they don't. That is a Texas brand. Oh. Do you think that the that Do they have a national Bell? brand of bread? Sarah Lee. Okay. That one might be true. <laughs> Pepperidge Farms? Do they make bread? They make like bagels. Y- yes. Pepperidge Farm makes bread. Um, what's your favorite uh, shape <laughs> of uh, Pepperidge Farm cookies? I don't eat Pepperidge Farm cookies. Oh, you just make your own in the oven? <laughs> I'm sensing a lot of attitude where I'm needing because none you to made be. Me, you made me spill this oh drink. Oh, my God. And you ruined the table. You are so full of your own it drama. Should be, it should be Milano's, but which flavor are Milano's? The, the ones that two of them. Sandwich cookies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sandwich. Double chocolate? Double chocolate, yeah. Okay. I would go for like an orange flavor. But I really like the windmills. You know what I also really love? What? Strutwaffe. Oh, I don't like that. You don't like that? I love it. It's like chewy but crunchy. I don't like a chewiness for a cookie. Oh, I love it. I want but crisp, see, if you, if you, crisp. and you don't drink coffee, but like if you put it on top of your coffee, it melts the caramel and, ooh, baby, child, ooh, yes, God, hunty the sleigh, house down boots. The boots are the hunty for tonight, mama. <laughs> yes, sleigh. I saw something today that was like, uh, coffee drinkers on average are live 21% longer Get it. than non-coffee drinkers. And I was like, you have shoes on? No. <laughs> what is it? Get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they sprayed for stuff today. That's yeah. why he's out here. He's out here. He's gonna die. Spoopy, there's a roach in the kitchen. <laughs> Can you kill it? Where? Right <laughs> by the fridge. By the oven. We just adventuring together. He's gonna die soon. He looks a little sickly. Yeah. I love it. Did you smell the uh, the, the sprays they had? It's like a nice here? rosemary mint. No, I didn't smell anything. It's outside. I kind of want to spray mine because I keep getting those inside my house. And I'm like, no, this is not going to happen. Don't those, like that. Those are my shoes. <laughs> they fit. They work. No, they don't fit. I got one on the ceiling and I smacked it and it, it left a it left a mark and I'm just, it, I haven't cleaned it. <laughs> it's just up there. I'm like, it's just a broken. <laughs> Gotta get a ladder. <laughs> well, I, well, it, it's art. It's it, art. It's art. <laughs> Smudge art. <laughs> what is a Jackson Pollock painting? <laughs> Look, I'm cultured. Oh. Huh? To who? Are you? How do you know that? Oh. Well, they're gonna die. He said we find a lot of dead ones. Or half half living. 
Well, it's only been... No, no, yeah, I'm... Six I'm hours. not attacking no one. I feel very attacked. This is Houston. Everyone's got fucking bugs. Bugs. Um, Anyways. Yeah, so he... he <laughs> it's been a very eventful podcast. <laughs> we've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, he left his position, position when he was asked to go on the road as a salesman, and he, did, he was like, no... So he left the television company, and then he worked night shifts at the Britannia Works of Anderton International, uh, which is a heavy, uh, like a uh, heavy, uh, I'm just going to say heavy a couple times. You can't say heavy, it's big. Big (laughs) (laughs) distribution center Okay, for like big things. Oh, okay. Um, From... (laughs) This doesn't make any fucking sense. Not like large package. Okay. So in April, uh, he worked there from uh, April of 1973. So uh, until February of 1975, where he took a redundancy. They got such fancy words. Redundant. What you mean? You go back to the same job? No, a redundancy is when they're like, "Oh, we don't have any more work for you." So, so you, you can resign. Or you'll be fired. You're you're resigning. You're you have to resign. They're laying you off. Yeah, you're just being laid off. <laughs> yeah, um, and apparently, so he was laid off, and he got um, some money, and he it was four hundred euros, or I guess um, pounds, four hundred pounds, and so with his four hundred pounds, he used half of it. To go to school to become a heavy goods vehicle he driver. He only used 400 pounds to go to... Half of it. To go to school to become a heavy goods vehicle driver. Well, I mean, that's actually a skill that you can utilize. Yes. Why is it only $200? I know. It's 1975. Well, now it's like... I mean, my fucking course like $11,000, Exactly. Sure. My, my course just to be a coach, not even two full days, cost me... Twelve hundred dollars, and mind you, I'm not really paying for it, but it's still like, yeah, it's like at twelve hundred dollars for this. And he was like, "What would I do with the other two hundred dollars? Buy a house, probably fucking probably a house and a car." On March fifth, nineteen. Wait, what year was this? Seventy. Okay, sorry. Seventy-six. He was dismissed for theft of used tires. So he was stealing used tires, Um, and then he went on unemployment, like off of people's cars. No, from his company. Oh, see, that's bad. Yeah, um, you're like stealing from different lots. I'm like, I mean, go for it. I mean, I still, mean, still probably it's not, not great, great. But uh, October '76, he found a job as a heavy goods vehicle driver for T and W H Clark Holdings on the Canal Road Industry Estate uh, in Bradford. Sutcliffe, by some reports, hired prostitutes as a young man. And it had been speculated that he had had a bad experience during which he was conned out of money by a prostitute and her pimp. Um, oh, shit. Other analyses of his actions have not found evidence but he was act- that he actually sought out services of pro- prostitutes. But um, notes are that he he was obsessed with prostitutes. Mm. So- sex workers, sex workers, yes. sex workers. Um, including watching them solicit on the street. In Leeds and Bradford. So he'd like to just watch them. He just wants to watch them try to get Johns. Interesting. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, is that like a form of like 
I mean, voyeurism slash yeah i guess it could be voyeurism because then you're like i guess there's a form of like imagination of like oh now i'm gonna go like now they're gonna go do things yeah but that, i mean you're not watching them in the act of anything sex but you're still watching them but like i watch people all the time but not doing that but i mean if you're watching a sex worker and they're in the 70s they're standing around on the road yeah waiting for a john yeah so he's parked in a car or just hanging out on the street. Yeah, but also the sex workers are trained to recognize people like circling the block or watching from afar and things like that. So it's like, I'm well, I'm sure he was propositioned. Oh yeah, but we ain't saying that he wasn't. Anyway, he's sorry. just he's just watching them. Uh, so he met Sonia. It's S Z U R M A Zerman Zerma. 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 Um, on Valentine's Day of 1967, they married on the 10th of August, 1974, which is a lot of time in between a, a dating and engagement. 1984? 70. Wait, what? what 67 what first. Oh. So I thought second. you said 77. I was like, you can't go back in time. Yeah, they got married. In, <laughs> Found a time like, machine. <laughs> hey, how are you? My bad. Um, Sonia had several... I might have just misunderstood you. You probably said it right. It just was like, oh, we're in the 70s now. Well, I did, and you did. You you misunderstood oh me because I, I've I'll listen been... back and you'll say I've never like... been wrong, ever. I've Who did never... that? You. <laughs> Not a hesitation either, <laughs> You. Uh, Sonia had several miscarriages, and they were informed that she would not be able to have children. Oh, no. Um, she resumed, resumed, resumed a teacher training course during which time she had an affair with an ice cream van driver, which. She had an affair with the ice cream truck driver. How many times are you having ice cream that you're talking to this ice cream guy? Also. You get ice cream once a week, once like every day. I'm sure she was getting it every day. Yes, she was. She was getting it for two <laughs> pence, you know what I'm saying? Oh, wow, wow, wow. How much cream you got in the back of that car? Ah! <laughs> you like, want me to lick that popsicle stick? Well, I take I take I pick up about uh, 14 gallons of ice cream about every day, and she's like, "No, oh, no, no. You're not oh. understanding the the <laughs> my annotations." No, no I'm uh, propositioning you. Oh, oh. My bad. Uh, so when she completed her teacher training course in 1977 and began teaching, she and Sutcliffe used her salary to buy a house at Six Garden Lane. At a Lane. teacher salary? In the UK. We don't know what the... We, we don't know what a teacher salary in the UK is like, but... I mean, I'm not expecting it to be too much more. In 1970, it's probably the same as it was here now. Mm-hmm. So $30,000 in 1970s money. Yeah. <laughs> a chunk of change. Do something with it. In Heaton in Bradford, uh, into which they moved on the 26th of September, and they were living uh, at the time of Sutcliffe's arrest, <gasps> because he's done some things. Oh, man. So Tell through, me about it. Yeah. So he so showed no signs of abnormality through his childhood, but one of his brothers admitted that their father was abusive and alcoholic. Uh, and that he once smashed a beer over uh, the brother's or Peter's head uh, while sitting in his chair at the Christmas table, and then uh, can you imagine? Like I, I understand family arguments happen and stuff like that at, at holidays. Do you take a beer and smash it into a child's head? He was a child. I know. <laughs> yeah. 
Also, I've watched I watched that Mythbusters episode. I don't remember what it, they were talking about, but it was like smashing. Sometimes the bottle doesn't break. It doesn't break. Even a half empty or even an empty bottle, you are just smacking someone with it. Yeah. And even if it does break, it then causes other problems, lacerations. You, it's probably better that it doesn't break. Yeah, because you just got clunked. Like. <laughs> by like a very heavy object. Exactly. But even then, like that'll fuck you up. Yeah. Um, it, all outcomes of being hit by a beer is not pleasant. The things that happen in in shows and stuff like that, where they get you know hit by whatever, that is not actual. Like y- you sustain a lot of damage. <laughs> have you ever had a beer bottle thrown? At you? No, because I'm not a fucking monster. I also never had a drink thrown at me at a bar, and I kind of want it to happen, but I want like I want to know when it's going to happen, so I can have like a change of clothes. It. I can well, do it. Like I need a change of clothes. So no, I, I don't want to be. No. I don't want to be wearing your your gin and tonic all over because then I get really sticky. Vodka soda. Okay, and that's it's not sticky. Yeah, it's not as sticky. Yeah. Um, Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So he had a macabre sense of humor in his late adolescence, and he developed a growing obsession with voyeurism, and spent many much time spying on sex, sex workers. workers. Uh, and and the men seeking their service. Mm. So he was interested in. That's what I'm telling you. Affair. He was watching. He was like, which I mean, if I'm sitting in a cafe and mm. I'm outside, I'd like a show. Oh yeah. I'm not there for the show, but if the show happens, I'll watch. I'll well, watch normally it. what happens is we always cause our own show. Yeah, I'm. You, I I sometimes do. If I'm a, but I'm not going to a cafe alone. Yeah, don't do that. I mean, recently I've been. Job search. Mm. <laughs> I just like to watch the people and yeah. make up stories for them. Yeah. We were at uh, a Papacitos downtown on uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Monday? Monday. There was this lady sitting in her booth by herself. And she was, she was dressed business. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. Barbara. She's waiting for a date. Barbara's waiting for a date. And I was like, he's going to. Initially, I was like, she's waiting for a date. But then I saw this family come in and I was like, oh, oh, no, no. That's grandmother. And she's she's waiting for her family to arrive. But it wasn't that. Oh, plot twist. So you have now created three different stories. I have a third. Uh-huh. Yes, I do. Because she wasn't there for any of those things. Uh-huh. She was just there for supper. Uh, just and her? She was a Karen because she was like uh, waving people down. Like her Excuse weight me. stuff? Yeah. And I was like, I gay, I. I trusted I created you. you a story, and you turned I out. I trusted you, and you turned out to be a Karen. You turned out to be the worst human being. Absolutely not. Um, there was a Karen at uh, one the the grocery store whenever we went to pick up some things on Friday night, and I fully was just like, "This is fucking happening in the middle of fucking Walmart right now." Like, because the the only lanes that it was not even that late. I think it was nine o'clock at night. They had one lane open, but all the rest was only self checkout. Only ever have one correct. Lane open. But this is like it. They. That line, if you had like actual grocery shopping to do, was the only line you could go into if you didn't want to check out your own groceries. Um, and some lady was yelling, yelling, and it was like, I don't have time for this. I not, but I sat there, I was like, I didn't take any video. I fully was just like, it's <laughs> awesome because I've never seen it in person. It was just so exciting. 
I just love watching drama from afar. I like to be drama adjacent. I don't like to be in drama because, you know, I cause my own drama. I've got plenty of stuff in my life happening. Um, so I don't need that, but I do like to see it. Which I've is watched, very enjoyable. I've, I've, I've discovered uh-huh. YouTube has told me that I want to watch Karen videos. People complaining at airports. Oh. And there was literally te- nothing you can do. A whole television series about it called Airlines on whatever program uh, station. And uh, I was watching them and I was like, I'm. I'm watching this. There's literally nothing you can do at a fucking airport. Nothing the you can do. The airplane is stuck somewhere, turbulence, malfunction, blah, blah, blah. There's literally nothing you can fucking do. All these people were like, uh, I called before I got here, and they were they said that I could get on the plane. I said, I'm only, I'm, the the plane leaves in 20 minutes. They said I could get on it. You Have you ever been on a plane before? And, Correct. And some guy was like, I had a lot of medical procedures this morning. And uh, my my flight is delayed. (laughs) And I think I'm just going to pass out. And they were like, okay. uh, Do you really need to be flying then? You You should go home. You should not fly today. And he was just like, no, I can fly. I've just been waiting. (laughs) Okay, so what do you want me to do about it? What is the solution here, sir? <laughs> the plane is still delayed. It's not changing. And he was like, I just need some, like, I've been sitting here. I haven't had anything to eat. And I just. Then go I, buy something. I, he wanted them to, like, give him yes. something. He yeah. was like, you couldn't give me a glass of water. <laughs> They've got a water fountain right over uh-huh. there. Literally free water. Free like, water. Like, you can go get that. Uh-huh. You can get it. Yeah. I was just like. I'm going to watch this. Also, airlines and like, because I've, Southwest is a little different because when you fly Southwest, you have to like actually line up and stuff like that in your, the order of your flight. But even then you're supposed to line up in the order of like what you've got. There was one time that I was B1 and I fully just like got in line and people just kept on getting in front of me and I'm like, but see, I was, I'm not the kind of person that like that cares, but I'm like, you literally cannot be in front of me because I am number one. So if you're getting in front of me, that means that you just are cutting. You're trying to be a- everyone. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know what this is, but I also don't give a shit because I know that I'm getting on the plane. First of all, I know I'm going to have a spot on the plane regardless. So I don't ever argue with these things because I'm like, I just get to where the general area of my number is, and that's fine. But when I fly an airline like United, where my a seat is literally assigned, everyone's seat is assigned. Why the fuck does it matter? It doesn't. Why are you standing at this gate? And just cl- crowding everyone because you have an assigned seat. You will sit down in that seat and you will go to that destination. Regardless. Why are you doing this? It doesn't make any sense. Airline Airplanes confuse the fuck out of me so much. <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, I, I get it that it's stressful, but like... I... We're all kind of stressed. And very rarely stressed when I go to like airports. Only recently was my flight to Denver. But other than that, like, I normally get there in enough time, and I'm just sitting there listening to my music, watching whatever I'm watching, and it's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm here. I mean, when as long as I'm at the gate, I'm like, cool. Yeah. It's me being, like, security through the, going through security. Like, what if I accidentally have a knife? <laughs> I have never had a knife on my body. I don't own knives. I don't. <laughs> what if I accidentally have a knife? <laughs> what if the 
I take off my shoes and there's like, uh, they're like, there's what if cocaine there's... on the bottom of your shoe. And I'm like, <laughs> did I, what? did I tell you about the time that I was in the Auckland airport and I had just got in my bags and I'm like going across the area and like this, they had a, a dog like just walking the opposite direction and the dog fully was like, like right to me. And I fully just like dropped my bag and I'm like, Oh God, like, what do I have? And she just looks at me. She's like, do you have a dog? I'm like, yes, I have a dog. It's like, that's probably what he smells. And then she just took him and left. And I was like, that was the biggest overreaction I've ever had in my life. Did it make me look 10,000% guilty? Yes. <laughs> but I had also just put my bag through a fucking scanner getting back from, uh, like, when I picked up the bags, you had to put it through an additional scanner. And I'd just gotten through that. So it's like, if anything had come from this they would have found it but then the second the dog just wanted to smell bailey on the bag essentially but of course i was like (laughs) when i was like 10 Mm -hmm. we were coming back from canada uh my parents had gotten maple syrup but they put it in a crown fucking a crown royal bottle in your bag in my bag oh no (laughs) and so i'm at tsa Uh and they were like (laughs) what is this it's unsealed. And I was like, oh, it's maple syrup. And the lady, of course, she was talking to a 10 year old. She's uh-huh. like, well, I can't taste it, but we need to know what it is. <laughs> so, how, what? And we need to know that it is not a liquor. <laughs> and I'm 10 year old. I'm like, uh, uh, what, so they wanted you to drink they it? They wanted me to taste it. But I, she, and I asked her, I was like, I don't know what that, what do you mean? She was like, I can't taste it. And I wasn't getting the thing. I was. I'm, so I they mean, wanted you to pull out this bottle of what she thinks is alcohol. And then, what if that was alcohol? Fuck me, I guess. <laughs> and so then my dad comes over and he's like, what's the problem? She was like, I can't taste it. Uh-huh. <laughs> But we need to know what it is. He was like, it's maple syrup. And she's like, I can't taste it. He's like, okay, it's maple syrup. And she sees the consistency or whatever. And she's like, okay, you're good. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what a 10-year-old, yeah. A 10-year-old's not going to get that. I mean, I understand that you can't say, can you please taste this? Yeah, yeah. Or if you're trying to get me arrested for underage drinking, like, what is the issue? What are you doing? But, that's also really stupid, but whatever. <laughs> I also love whenever I came back from South Africa, they were like, have you ever been on any farms? And I fully put yes. And they were like, have you, they asked me like, and like, which was, is apparently like a no, you're not supposed to answer yes to that. Even though I had been on farms and everyone else answered no. And I was the only dumbass that answered yes. And the guy was like, have you been on any farms? And I was like, yes. And he was like, you're supposed to say no. And I was like, oh no. And he's like, okay. And this stamped and let me go. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I don't know. Anyway, sorry. But in 1969, <laughs> uh, Sutcliffe's first documented assault of a female uh, was uh, came about. Um, he had met a sex worker while searching for another woman who had tricked him out of the money, apparently. Um, he was looking for that woman. Yes. He's trying to find her. Uh, so he, w- he left his friend Trevor Birdsall in his minivan and walked up to St. Paul's Road in Bradford until he was out of sight. Uh, when Sutcliffe returned, he was out of breath, as if he had been running. He told Birdsall to drive off quickly. Sutcliffe said that he had followed a, prosti- or a sex worker into the garage and hit her over the head with a stone in a sock. Uh, according to his statement, Sutcliffe said, 
Here's the British accent for you. Oh, boy. I got out of the car, <laughs> went across the road and hit her. The force of the... He sounds Australian. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I got out of the... Why is my British accent not working right now? <laughs> I got out of the car, went across the road and hit her. The foot... Well, now he's too formal. Mm. I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. I'm going to... Do a Cockney one instead. Got out of the car... Went across the road and hit her. That's still Australian. Hit her. The force of the impact tore the toe off the sock and whatever in it came out. I went back in the car and I got in it. Good. No, it wasn't. No, it, wasn't. it was like Australian. It. <laughs> no, it's not Australian. It sounded make, pretty Australian. It sounds like it. Whatever. He said he hit her with a sock and he got her in the car and <laughs> left. And so the police visited Suckcliffe's home the next day as the woman who had he, he had attacked had noted... The vehicle, the license plate. She got everything. Yeah. And he, he admitted that he hit her. Uh-huh. And that he, but he said it was, oh, I only hit her with my hand. Not rocks in a sock. Mm-hmm. And the police told him he was very lucky because she didn't want to do anything more about it. Yeah, because she knew that she, what she was doing was also illegal. So if she admitted to that, they were probably going to get her on everything. Yeah. Too much attention. So in 1975... Uh, he did his second assault on the fifth uh, of July, nineteen seventy-five. In so this town is spelled K E I G H L E Y. How do you think it's pronounced? Kaylee. It's pronounced Keithley. There's no T. I know, but I looked it up, and it's Keithley. There's, n- there's not a T. <laughs> exactly. Oh Lord. <laughs> uh, he attacked Anna. Rogolsky. Anna of Green Gables. Anna Rogolsky. Anna of Green Gables. Yes. Uh, who was walking alone. He struck her with a ball-peen hammer. <laughs> any jokes? You got any jokes? It's just a hammer. Nobody. <laughs> uh, and slashed her stomach with a knife. Uh, no. like, boom. <laughs> What if I accidentally have a knife? <laughs> what if I accidentally have a knife? You never know. <laughs> Even though I packed my own bags. I, I did I everything. I shook the bag out to make sure there was nothing in it. My favorite is when I'm in security and it's fully like, take out all of your devices all over the place. like, And then you get through and someone's like, your bag got flagged. And they pull out like a tablet, a fucking iPhone, like all the different things. They're like... Oh, I forgot I had that. How the fuck you pack all this shit and not remember you have all this shit? Like, I, I've never done that. There, there have been a couple times where I'm like, I forgot to take off my belt. But that's understandable. Like, you forgot to take out all, all these different things. You dumbass. Anyway, sorry. A lot of talk of travel situations. Most of the time before I go through those things, I'm like, take off the shoes, take off the belt. Might as well take off my pants. Pants. Shirts, I'm just naked. Hats, <laughs> just just do socks. a full search, full body cavity search while I'm just standing there in line uh, naked. In my underwear. <laughs> uh, I will wear the underwear. Okay. But what if you have a knife underneath your underwear? <laughs> I'd be able to feel that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Seems sus. What? <laughs> um. So he, yeah, so it disturbed one of the neighbors, so he was like, oh shit, I gotta go, and he left, and he didn't kill her, and she survived, although she had a brain injury. 
So he hit her with a fucking hammer, and the neighbors and like, then slashed the, her stomach. Yeah, and it's like, what the fuck was that? And they're like, oh, there's a dying woman out here. Yeah. Um, and so then he was just like, bye, bye, <laughs> bye. Um, uh, so she was psychologically traumatized, obviously, um, and she later said, "I've been trying to go out much, but I feel like people are staring at me and pointing at me. The whole thing is making my life a misery. Sometimes I wish I had died." That that was much better. Much better. August fifteenth, uh, Sutcliffe attacked Olivia Smelt in Halifax, which is also in Canada. I ain't no Halifax girl. Uh, I ain't no. Employing the same uh, modus <laughs> operandi. <laughs> I don't entertain anything by Gwen Stefani. I don't do it. Shots fired. He he already knows. Oh. He's trying to get the girls to like her. And I'm uh-huh. like, He let them play BTS today, and it was like, I don't know. And what is it? No, 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 no. What is it? BTS? Uh, 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 the K-pop band? The boys? Oh, is that the one that does Butter? Yeah. They play Butter. And I was like, this is bad. This is the same thing as Bruno Mars, and I don't like Bruno no, Mars. it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's like, go, go. Hey! Too jazzy. Everyone's upbeat. I'm like, no. I'm into Ethel King right now. Yeah, I know what you're into right now, but um, transsexual, uh, moody. My favorite is whenever I'm on like Hinge, and it's like you have to be in the same same music interests that I'm like that I like, and they're like list a bunch of artists, and I'm like, uh, I've heard of like two of them. And I do not like them. So then I'm like, X, no matter how hot you are, I'm like, if you, if I have to be into that music, that's a, that's a no, baby. I'm so sorry. I mean, the gays are, they're, the gays aren't going a direction right now. The, the gays are all over the fucking place. According to Twitter. I feel like they're not even in the girl groups anymore. No! They, they have kind of steered away from the, the actual, like, pop divas that we think about. That are all on the radio, and instead of like, I'm into like alternative music now, like music from people, Ethel Kane, people we haven't heard of. Coco. Everyone's heard of Ethel Kane. I don't think so. Coco. Oh my god. This podcast has been very lively. Brought to you by Spencer's House. There's not even anything out here. <laughs> I'm just mad about it. <laughs> His little face, like, and like, why am I in trebles? <laughs> okay, thinks he can do no wrong. He's in trebles. Anyways. <coughs> um, so, yeah. He uh, en- engaged uh, Olivia, or Olive Smelt, with some pleasantries about the weather, and then he hit her with the hammer. Uh, from behind, in the skull. And then, hey, I, I, how's the weather? Everything's fine. You doing good? <laughs> and then, um, it's not funny, but you know our reenactments are kind of funny. The article said that he disarranged her clothes, which I love. He's tearing he, at he her clothes. T- took her clothes apart. I mean, he didn't take them off of her, but he's like, <sighs> yeah. But I love disarranged. Yeah. Well, disarranged, I assume, means like got them up. Yeah, and remove didn't completely remove them, but you know, move them so that things were accessible. Yes, um, and then he <clears throat> slashed her with a knife in the lower back. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, but then again, he was interrupted, so he left her. 
my gosh. Uh, she subsequently suffered a severe emotional and mental trauma. Um, and she had told the intervie- interviewing officer that uh, her attacker had a, a Yorkshire accent, which is, I don't know what that is. Um, and the information was ignored. Uh, so was the fact that neither her or Rogolsky were in towns with a red light area. Uh, uh, they were worse sex workers. Or, yeah. Sex workers. Um, on the 27th of August, Sutcliffe attacked a 14-year-old named Tracy Brown in Silsden. He struck her from behind and hit her on the head five times while she was walking along a country lane. He ran off when he saw the lights of a passing car, leaving his victim requiring brain surgery. Uh, he was not convicted of this attack, but he did confess to it in 1992. That's a year I was born. Bad year. You, you got this? Me? Yeah. I'm sure other things. Among other things. Yeah. Uh, The first victim to be killed by Sutcliffe was Wilma McCann on the 30th of October in 1975. 75? Am I still in the same year? 75, yeah. Where am I? Uh, He stabbed 42-year-old Emily Jackson 52 times. 52 times. I I don't understand why people... I mean, I understand... No, I don't understand. First of all, I don't understand the killing and, and all that situation. But... What happened there? What? It, like, switched from ear to ear. Uh, I think it was just you. I didn't hear it. Okay. Um, but, like, someone's fucking dead. Why do you keep going for it? It was like that one uh, that happened in Arizona where she stabbed her, her boyfriend, like, a million times. And it was just like... He's dead. Yeah. I mean, I I don't have any idea. I I can I can think about how yeah you're impassioned in the moment. I don't understand why you would continue to stab somebody even though they're dead. That's like a hate thing. Yeah. And what you hate a stranger? Yes. I. First of all, could not injure another human being or another creature, really. Um, because, like, it just, I, I like, I'll bonk someone on accident. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, like, you okay? Like, everything fine? And, like, that's the amount of, like, <laughs> regret. Regret that I have, just like a, a simple, like, tap to the knee or something like that. Or, you know, like, someone's saying, ow, you hurt me. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, legit, like, sorry for it um but i cannot imagine doing anything like it what possesses a person to do something like that anyways i'm sorry i have no idea uh so emily jackson had been in, in uh, a dire financial status and she'd been persuaded by her husband to engage in sex work hey you don't have no money we don't have any money Go have sex Go. for money. Oh, Lord. Uh, so I mean, you, OnlyFans is a, is a thing now. Yeah, but I don't think it's like a partner thing. Like, oh, we don't have any money. You need to. You need to get off. Yeah, there. and OnlyFans, and from what I've seen, I mean, is that's not something that's horrific. But no, it, but it's it, not nice nowadays. It's safer, like to yeah, engage know. in in things. Um, 
So Sutcliffe picked her up using, uh, she was using the van of their family roofing business. He picked her up outside of the Gaiety Pub. Gay. <laughs> Gay. In Round Hay, on Round Hay Road. Uh, they drove for about a half a mile to an old building on Enfield Terrace in the Manor Estates. Uh, and then he hit her on the head with a pam- hammer, dragged her into a brown or a rubbish strewn yard, and then he used a sharp- rubbish. It's British. Uh, used a screwdriver sharpened to stab her in the neck, chest, oh, and abdomen. God. He stamped her thigh, uh, leaving behind an impression of his boot. So he like stomped on her leg. Lord. And, uh, of course, we can't tell the progression of those events, but I'm like, at what point did he step on her? I don't know. I know. Um, and then he attacked a 20-year-old Marcella Claxton in Roundhay Park, Leeds, on the 9th of May. Uh, so he's waited about a couple months. While she was walking home from a party, she accepted... But the a- same area. Uh Yes. He said Round Hay Road. I assume Round Hay Park is not far Nearby. from Round Hay. Um, he, she took an, uh, a, a ride from him when she got out of the car to pee. He hit her behind the head with a hammer. Uh, she survived and testified against him at his trial. At the time, she had been four months pregnant and she miscarried because of the, the injuries. She required multiple extensive brain operations and had intermittent blackouts and chronic depression. Um, and then he waited another year into 1977. Uh, in February of 1977, he attacked Irene Richardson, a Chapeltown sex worker in Roundhay Park. He's, he's just sticking in the same part. Uh, he, she was bludgeoned uh, to death with a hammer. And once she was dead, he mutilated her corpse with a knife. Mm. Uh, tire tracks left near the murder scene resulted in a long list of possible suspect vehicles. Uh, two months later, on the 23rd of April, he killed Patricia Tina Atkinson, a sex worker from Bradford, in her flat where police found a boot print on the bedclothes. Um, and two months after that, in the June 26th, he murdered 16-year-old Jane McDonald in Chapeltown. She wasn't a, a sex worker uh, in the public perception, but her murder showed that all women were victims. Any woman that's outside alone, walking down the street, he's looking for. Well, that was, I mean, kind of like Ted Bundy, where it was like, oh, if you're a woman... That's the similarity. That's why I think he's on this level. Yeah, yeah, that probably makes sense. Uh, but Ted Bundy was one of the tier one. I know. Um... Because they were just like, if you're a woman that has a middle part, you yeah. could be a victim. Like, <laughs> well, there's also he's called the Yorkshire Ripper because uh-huh. there's similarities to uh, Jack the Ripper too, uh-huh. but he's less known. Yeah, I mean sex workers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the police described it as the first quote innocent I- victim, um, which is. Gross. Yes, because sex workers are still people. Yeah. They're not asking to be murdered. No. And just because they were sex workers and doing something that is deemed uh, illegal at the time doesn't make them bad people. Bad people that deserve d- to die. No one deserves to just die. die. Uh, so he then 
assaulted Maureen Long in Bradford in July. He was interrupted and fled, leaving her for dead. She suffered from hypothermia when she was found um, in July, which is... Hypothermia in July. Um, And was in the hospital for nine weeks. I mean, technically anything under, like, 60 degrees, you could... Like, if your body is not sustaining homeostasis, which, if you get hit in the head... Um, could happen. Yeah. But, still. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, and then, uh, a witness misidentified the make of his car, resulting in more than 300 police officers checking in thousands of cars without success. April 1st, 1977, he murdered Jean Jordan, uh, a sex worker from Manchester. Um, in one of his confessions, he said that he realized... The new five-pound note that he had given her was traceable. Uh, After hosting a family party at his home, he returned to the wasteland behind Manchester's Southern Cemetery, where he had left the body to retrieve it, but he was not able to find the pound. Uh Uh-oh. 9th of October, Jordan's body was discovered by the local dairy worker at the future and future actor Bruce Jones, who is uh, important. Excuse me. (laughs) Coco. Uh, he had an allotment of land adjoining the site where the body was found. Coco! What are you doing? I just came in here to cough. <laughs> I'm just coughing. What do you care? <laughs> uh, so he was searching through for house bricks when he made the discovery of the five-pound note. Hidden in a secret compartment in Jordan's handbag was traced to the branches of the Midland Bank in Shipley and Bingley. Police analysis of the bank operations allowed them to narrow their field of inquiry to 8,000 employees who could have received it in their wage packet. Um, so that's good, because they also had the car, too. So mm-hmm. 8,000 people that could have the $5. 8,000 employees of the bank that could have it, they said. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Over the next three months, the police interviewed 5,000 men, including Sutcliffe. The police found that the alibi given for Sutcliffe's whereabouts was credible and that he indeed had spent much of the evening killing at, uh, of the evening at a family party. Hmm. Killing time at a family party. Uh, weeks of the intense investigation pertaining to the origins of the five-pound note led to nothing, and police officers frustrated that they couldn't collect an important... They collected the important clue, but they were unable to trace the the point of contact with it. Uh, did not... Uh, or where they could find it were, like, just... Oh, well. Sorry. <laughs> this is a, an important clue. Where did it come from? We got nothing. Whoops. On the 14th of December, Sutcliffe attacked Marilyn Moore... Uh, Another sex worker from Leeds, she survived and provided police with a description of her attacker. Tire tracks found at the scene matched those from an earlier attack, and her photo fit bore a strong resemblance to Sutcliffe. Mm. Photo fit is a police sketch. Yeah. Um, Unlike other survivors, she provided a good description of his car, which had been seen in red light districts, and he had been interviewed on the issue. 1978, the police discontinued the search for a person who received the five-pound note in January. Um, Sutcliffe was interviewed about it, but he was not investigated further because he, 
they just didn't make the connection. And he had an alibi. Um, that month, Sutcliffe killed again. His victim was Yvonne Pearson, a 21-year-old sex worker from Bradford. He repeatedly bludgeoned her about the head with a ball-peen hammer, then jumped on her chest before stuffing horsehair into her mouth from a discarded sofa. What the fuck? Yeah. And then he hit her under the sofa on a street called Lum Lane. Oh. Ten days later, he killed Helen Ritka, an 18-year-old sex worker from Huddersfield. He struck Ritka on the head about five times as she got out of his car before stripping most of the clothes from her body um, and then repeatedly stabbed her in the chest. Her body was found three days later beneath railway arches in Garrett's timber yard, which he had driven her to. He said that while in, he said of her in uh, police custody in 1981 that he had, I had the urge to kill any woman. The urge inside me to kill girls was now practically uncontrollable. 1979, he killed Josephine Whitaker a 19-year-old building society clerk whom he attacked in Seville Park in Halifax while she was walking home. Despite the forensic evidence, police efforts were diverted for several months following the receipt of taped messages purporting to to be the murderer, taunting the the chief constable, uh, George Oldfield, as well as, as the rest of the police who were leading the investigation. Uh, the tape contained a man's voice saying, I'm Jack. I'm- Coco! Coco! <laughs> I have to protect the house right now. <laughs> what a happy puppy. <laughs> what else can happen on this podcast? I don't know. It's too long. <laughs> It should be over already. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Shit. Did you lose your notes? Did you erase them? No. Again? Um. So he killed Whitaker, and uh, he said that you'll have no luck catching me. I have the greatest respect for you, George, but Lord, you're no, lear- you, no nearer to catching me than four years ago when I started. Based on the message... Uh, the police began. So he got cocky and decided to send a message. Mm-hmm. Or some message was sent to the police. They don't necessarily have it mm. pinned to him. Um, the man began. The police began searching for a man with a Wareside accent, which linguists have narrowed down to Castleton, Sunderland, Tyne, and Ware. Uh, the hoaxer dubbed the Wareside Jack sent two letters to the police uh, in 1978. Boasting for his crimes, the letter signed Jack the River claimed responsibility for the murder of 26-year-old Joan Harrison in Preston in November of 1975. Um, the hoaxer case was reopened in 2005, and uh, they realized that it had nothing to do with the murders of all these other women. Um, and so the person who, who uh, put in these fake uh, confessions yeah. was John Samuel Humble and he was arrested for drunken and disorderly offense. Good. They, they convicted him of sending, uh, uh, attempting to pervert the course of justice and he went to prison for eight years. Good, yeah, because it, it literally, there's a fucking serial killer out there and you're like, Haha, what would be funny if I just sent in a note that was like, 
Oh, look, I'm the serial killer. Look at me. The fuck, bitch? Yeah. Um, on September 1st, Sutcliffe uh, uh, mur- murdered 20-year-old Barbara Leach, a Bradford University student. Her body was dumped to the rear of Ashgrove uh, 13, Ashgrove, under a pile of bricks close to the university and her lodgings. Um, it was the 16th attack and the murder of a woman who was not a sex worker again alarmed the public and prompted an expensive publicity campaign emphasizing the Wareside connection. Despite the false leads, Sutcliffe was interviewed on at least two other occasions in 1979. Despite so he's now been, been interviewed three times. Four times. Four times, sorry. Despite matching several forensic clues and being on the list of 300 names in connection with a five-pound note, he was strongly... He was not strongly suspected. Three hundred names on he from down from eight thousand. Four interviews, and he had the five. He was in connection with that five pound note. Oh my god! In nineteen eighty, April, he was arrested for drunk driving. While awaiting his trial, he killed two more women. He murdered forty-seven-year-old Marguerite Wallace on the night of August twentieth, nineteen eighty, and twenty-year-old. Jacqueline Hill, a student at Leeds University on September 7 or November 17, 1980. Her body was found in a wasteland near the Arndale Center. Uh, he also attacked three other women who survived. Abhadya Bandara in Leeds on September 24th. Maureen Leia, known as Mo, an art student he attacked on Leeds University on 25th of October. 16-year-old Teresa Sykes, who attacked he attacked in Huddersfield. On November 5th, uh, and then on the 25th of November, 1980, Trevor Birdsall, who we'll remember from the very beginning, and who was friends with Sutcliffe and got, uh, who was driving around in, in his van when he attacked that sex worker, and he was like, I hit her over the head with a rock and a sock, and mm. it broke, and I got out, and um, so he uh, reported him to police as a suspect. After all this time and knowing these things were happening in 1980 from 69. So so 11 11 years, years, you've seen these things happening. You're like, you know what? This sounds like that one time Hmm. that this happened. Bitch, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, So in January 1981, he was stopped by police when a uh, sex worker, Olivia Revere's, was on the driveway of the Light Trades house in Melbourne Avenue. In Sheffield, a police check uh, by a probationary constable, Robert Hydes, revealed that his car had a false number plate and he was arrested and transferred to the police station in West Yorkshire. He was questioned in relation to the Yorkshire Ripper case as he matched a lot of the physical characteristics. Um, And the police uh, returned the next day to discover a knife, a hammer, and a rope that were discovered while he was being detained. He briefly slipped away from the police, telling him that he was bursting for a pee, uh, and then he hid a second knife in the toilet cistern at the police station when he was permitted to use the toilet. The police obtained a search warrant for his home in Heaton and brought his wife in for questioning. When he was stripped at the police station, he was wearing an inverted v-neck jumper under his trousers, which is a sweater. Uh Uh-huh. And the sleeves had been pulled over his legs, and the V-neck exposed his genitals. 
and the, the eldest. So he was wearing an upside down sweater a with sweater a V-neck the part. that was just his his dick hanging out. Oh yeah. lord! Uh, and there was like a padded on at the elbows to protect his knees, and he, he presumably knelt over his victims' corpses. He was teabagging. Yes. The sexual implications of the outfit were considered obvious, but it was not known to the public until 2003. Uh, two days after the invest- in- intensive questioning on the afternoon of j- January 4th, 1981, uh, he suddenly declared that he was the Ripper. And then over the next few days, he calmly described his many attacks and how he murdered the women. He said that they were women of filth. And bastard prostitutes were lining the streets. I was just cleaning it up, cleaning up the place a bit. Oh my god! Uh, he displayed regret only when talking of his youngest murder victim, Jane McDonald. When questioned about the killing of Joan Harrison, he vehemently denied responsibility. Uh, his her murder had been linked to the the Ripper killings by the Wareside Jack claim, but in 2011, uh, evidence revealed that it had been convicted by a sex offender. Christopher Smith, who died in 2008. Okay, so he was like, no, I didn't kill her, but everyone's like, yeah, you did. Yeah, because of that that call. Yeah. Uh, so in 1981, at his trial, he pled not guilty to 13 charges of murder, but guilty to manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility. His basis for defense was he claimed to be a tool of God's will. He said that he heard voices that ordered him to kill sex workers while working as a grave digger, um, and then he claimed that they originated from the headstone of a Polish man called Bronislaw Zapolski. Coco. Why? And then he pled guilty to attempted murder. The prosecution intended to accept his plea after four psychiatrists diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia, but the judge trial, Sir Leslie Borham, demanded an unusually detailed explanation of the prosecution reasoning. So they were like, okay, if you want to give him schizophrenia, why? (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then they had a lunch break, and they discussed it for 40 minutes, and the judge rejected all of the diminished responsibility pleas and said that he should be tried with a jury properly. The, the trial lasted two weeks, and despite the efforts of his counsel, <clears throat> Sutcliffe was found guilty of murder on all accounts and was sentenced to 20, 20 concurrent, success, concurrent sentences of life imprisonment. Um, they rejected evidence of the four psychiatrists that Sutcliffe had paranoid schizophrenia um, and said that a prison officer who heard him say to his wife that if he convinced people he was mad, he might get 10 years in a loony bin. They said that the trial judge said that Sutcliffe was beyond redemption and he hoped he would never leave prison again. Uh, and he didn't. Good. He's been there ever since. Well, is he still he alive? He was there until twenty twenty or twenty nine. Let me go look again. I didn't write that down. In one of the years, twenty. Twenty uh, twenty November thirteenth, where he died of COVID. Yeah, in prison. I was going to say that. 
because uh, one of the the kids from the Dean Coral case died of COVID in prison too. He wasn't a kid anymore. He was a sixty something year old man, but uh, yeah, died in prison from COVID. I don't remember which one, but uh, yeah, I think it was David on Brooks. But yeah, sucks to suck. Sucks to suck. It really does. And that's our podcast. That is our podcast. That's crazy. That's a situation. Well, you know. Murdered 20 people. And I think he's down here. Or convicted for murder, murdering 20 people. Because of the similarities to Jack the Ripper and Ted Bundy. Yeah. But also that he was interviewed by the police four times and they were like, No, you good. Mm, I don't know. You're it, like, how did it? How did his alibi check out so much that they were like, "Yeah, you good? That's fine." I mean, for an al- for an alibi to have hit that, like, I mean, good. I, I guess because he had a wife, and the wife was yeah. But like, to... if you yeah that, but like, if you like really were like, oh yeah, because I mean, normally if you're like interviewing alibis enough, you should be checking three resources. So if they went to, if he actually went to that family party, you should interview people who are at that party. Yeah. And, like, find out that that was a thing. And so, first of all, find out if, if it was a thing. Second of all, make sure that he was actually there. And so if he was actually at that party, supposedly, he had to have booked it from the murder or the attack right, right straight to that fucking party. So it was like, oh, I mean, 15 minutes between those two things, like, oh, he was there. And so then... I mean, if you were like, oh, yeah, someone's at my dinner party at 7, like, but they didn't show up until, like, 7.45. Like, oh, yeah, they were there at 7. So then those 45 minutes are what happened between then. So, like, if someone murdered someone right around your, your house, I mean, that would be a little sus. But, like, if someone murdered someone over in the Heights and came over here, like, oh, no, I've, I've been over here. Like, everything's fine. So, I don't know. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. That was a fun one. That was that was an interesting podcast. A, no, was not fun. An interesting one. Interesting situation. Yeah. Yeah. And he was on tier two. Yeah. Still okay. I made my way to tier three because you told me how do you want to do Albert, Albert Fish? You've already actually. Done I did. It. I I did reach a point that I realized because I I was researching it before this this one, uh, and then I got to a point where there was a letter from one of the that he wrote, wrote to the mom. I told to you the about mom. it. No. About how he was like, I ate her. And she she was just so sweet. She sat on my lap and all this. Yeah. Uh, That's when I got to that point. I was like, oh, shit. And I wasn't going to tell you that. But here I am admitting that I was semi-incorrect. 100% incorrect. Anyways. Hey. Hi. Are you a small business owner trying to do it all? Not indirectly, but But yes. let's just go ahead and say, let's say you are. Take marketing, for example. Nowadays, your business has to have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn account. Those are a lot to deal with. Who has time to take pictures, write posts, and get them posted, let alone like, comment, share, and respond to followers? No one. Don't worry. Economy Works has is here to help. Let the Economy Works Talent Network help you do marketing so that you can grow your business. Economy Works. When we work, the, the economy, economy works. works. Find out more at economyworks.com. That's E-C-O-N-O-M-I-W-O-R-K-S dot com. 
economy works. I tried to change it because you went high or low, and so I went high, and it was like it was weird. Well, do you like gay stuff? Yeah, let's talk about it because (laughs) let's talk about gay stuff is the premier destination to talk about gay stuff and Uh learn about today's events, yesterday's events. Pop culture in the LGBTQ community. And books. And books. We That's love pop books. Culture. Okay. Um, so Let's Talk About Gay Stuff is available wherever you get your podcasts, but also at letstalkaboutgaystuff.com. Let's Talk About Gay Stuff on Facebook and Instagram and Talk Gay Stuff on Twitter. If you'd like to send them an email. Just one. That's letstalkaboutgaystuff at gmail.com. Let's talk about gay stuff. Yes. Uh, also, you're listening to our spoopy podcast. So if you haven't already, you should uh, subscribe. You should also like our website. Follow us. Uh, what what else do they do? Follow. Follow on Instagram. Subscribe. Like. Subscribe. Yeah, I said subscribe already. Uh, we are the destination for all your scary stuff but also we make it all funny somehow we love for we love i love to laugh we love gay we love gay and it's cool and it's cool um yeah so that's our spoopy podcast.com our spoopy podcast on instagram our spoopy on twitter and our spoop on facebook you want to send us an email i promise you you do as our spoopy podcast at gmail.com. But that's our podcast. Yes. Yeah.